the liquor room. See, there's a whole lot of thoughts when I step up in the stew and approach this mic. It really sounds different when you're lying. Yes, people, Football from the Bleachers, episode one, week one. What a weekend it was, man. Crazy games, loads of goals. The fans are back, so that means we're back. Sean, what are we saying? Shaq, what are we saying, co-host? I'm just here. Good day, man. Good we're weekend. Back. We're back in the bleachers, man. For real, yeah, for real. I don't know where Sean is, but we're, we're back anyway. Back. <laughs> I wish we wasn't back. Week one and it's like this. But it's a mess, but you know we're going to get into that. We've got three hot games, as we always bring every week. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Just want to bring through my special guest. We've got Jordan, United fan. What are you saying? Yes, guys. How are we doing? How are we doing? I mean, we've known no, Jordan no. for a while back, so um, we had to bring him on. He has a few things to say about the preseason talk, so let's bring it on. Now, now's your time to shine, my friend. Yeah. In terms of the preseason, obviously, listening last week, I heard a few a few, a few things, but I, I weren't too happy with that's That's when I had to call right. I said, listen, you need to get me on the show because... The Pogba, the Pogba stuff was, was not right. I've heard a lot of talk about Pogba over the years from numerous people. And it's like, I don't know. Some people watch football. Some people see football. But not many people understand it. And I think if you... Yeah, if we'll, we'll, get football, hey, Jordan, we'll get to that. 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 We'll I didn't want to interrupt you. He's in, he's in full flow. I didn't interrupt. Bro, you got four on man's head, bro. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, my God. We'll get to that. Peter, man, we can't forget about you. Tottenham fan, faithful, diehard. What are you saying, man? Uh, honestly, what, what a week to come on. What, what a first week. It's only right. It's come only on. right. I've got so much to say. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep it for the, uh, for the segment on Tottenham. Yeah, it's I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be a long show. This is gonna be, be a long. very, very long show. Um, it is well, indeed. It is you know indeed. what it is. You know what it is, man. It, it, we always bring you heat every week, man. It's not nothing different. But the format of the show, ladies and gents, for any new listeners, we're always trying to spread out our listeners all the time. Format is we talk about the game overall. We talk about who impressed us and then who didn't impress us. And we kind of just talk about three games every week, maybe even four, man. Three games we got this week: United versus Leeds. Then we got um, Tottenham v City, and we're also talking about Brentford v Arsenal. So um, let's get into those games. The first game we're going to talk about is the United, because you know there's three fans on today, so you've got to go straight in. Perfect 5-1, should I say. I don't know if it's perfect, but I'm going to say it's perfect. I was loving what I was seeing on Saturday afternoon, man. Brought a smile to my face, and I'm sure the fans were up for it, man. Had a big signing on there just before the game. But I want to go straight through to Shaq. And talk about how you felt about the game in general, man. Five one. What were you saying? The thing is, you know what it is. I gotta try and like refrain myself from getting too carried away and too gassed. But hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Because for me, yeah. it's it's game week one in it. There's thirty seven other more games. A lot of players and teams are not maybe at their physical peak. They where they want to be, and it happens. You know what I'm saying, like. Not say one off games, but obviously it's good to start off strong. Do you know what I'm saying? And put a put in a decent a decent performance, a decent second half anyway. A very good second half. Responded well to um 
that wonder, not even wonder strike, but good, good goal from Aylin. And thing with Lee's like how they play, they can kind of build momentum. Obviously, with the fans, and that makes it a bit more difficult. But just normally, when you see Lee, especially from last season, obviously they create chances for fun more often mm-hmm. than not. Mm-hmm. So if they got that, if they got a second quickly after, or it was one-one for a bit, the crowd may get a bit nervous and that. But credit to the guys. Uh, what about three minutes? Uh, Mason got his goal. And yeah, it was just, as you said, it was a good performance, man. Opening day had Varane coming out, set the set the tone for the fans. Give give a little co-sign to Rio. That's that's heritage right there. Mm. Apparently, but, that was one out of Fergie's playbook. You know, bringing a player out and it shows that he's growing. That's what a couple of people say you know, on the socials. It's about his out of Fergie's playbook, so it shows Ollie's growing oh, as a manager. Heritage, mm. heritage. You feel me? But yeah, man. Uh, all in all. To the game, yeah, man, it was good. Bruno got his hat trick, Pogba got four goals. For me personally, I was more exci- excited about Mason's performance because mm. he got his goal, but he just looked ready. He looked like he's got a dog in him. He looks like he's gonna go for 20 goals all comps this season, and I'm here for it. That's what's needed, man. Throw in, throw in seven or eight assists in there if you want. But mm. he, look, he looks ready, bro. He looks ready. He's... That's, that's a lot of pressure on a that's a lot of pressure on a young man's head. He can. He, it's, not, it's not even pressure, bro. Because if he doesn't do it, it, is what it is. He's still the. He's still gonna be a great. You feel me? But what I'm saying, yeah. what he, what it looks like, he looks like he's ready for it, bro. He looks like, he looks like this. He like he's grown. Playing. He look. He played number nine. What last season was majority out on the right, but that that performance he put up. In the center, and I saw little little glimpses of it last season when he would get his opportunity. But he looks like he's he's grown and he's still got a lot of growing to do. But he looks technically making decent good decisions, and he's always gonna get a goal. Bro. You know what I'm saying? He look, yeah, he looks like he's he looks like he's ready for it, bro. And I'm excited about that. Obviously, Paul dropping four assists. I don't say that could happen because forces a lot, and not a lot of players have done it, but. That type of performance, I'm not surprised at it. He can do that in his sleep, as far as I'm concerned. And Bruno, personally, I think Bruno's a striker right now, but <laughs> that's maybe a conversation for another day. But once again, that's something that Bruno can do. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm, I was more excited about Mason's performance, to be honest. Yeah, top class. I mean, Jordan, uh, you're itching there. I can tell already. Ready to drop bombs on us today. God, man. You know, you know, you know what? A lot, a lot of it I agree with. A lot of what you said I agree with. Um, is it's a 38 game season, you know. I still can't even with the five one. I still can't see us being able to. Currently, how the squad looks, I just can't see us being able to really to win the league. But you can't argue with the result. You can't argue with the result, and you can't argue with the performance. Um, for me, I'm re- for me, I'm really, really difficult to please. It's really hard to please, and I just think I have to look at it and say, first game of the season, I have to look at it and say. The fans ain't been back in that stadium. The first thing I thought when I was watching the game, I don't know about anybody else, was just the energy that Old Trafford was was buzzing. The fire, was, it was crazy. The fans, the whole element of the game, the, you know, the rival, big rivalry, Leeds United. Um, I just felt like that was that played a big part in the performance, even the celebrations of the players, like mm. sliding and the jumping on top of each other. I just felt like the, the crowd was helping in that game. Like there was just so high energy. And I think, it played into Fred and McTominay. It, 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 it worked. It suited them. But moving forward as a, as, a, as a team, I just can't see how we can really say that we can win a title with 
with Pogba playing on the left-hand side like that and, and Freddie McTominay in there. Now, if he wants to make the changes and he, and, he, and he changes it a little bit and makes one or two shuffles, brings in Van der Beek possibly, um, obviously Cavani to come back and shuffles it a little bit, then maybe, but I'm just... The jury's still out for me, put it that way. It was a great result. As a United fan, you can't argue with a 5-1 start. You can't. I was, like I, I was really impressed with Mason. Really impressed with young Mason. Um, my thing with him has always been that he's a, he finishes well. He's one of the best finishes I've seen from for that age. It's just, it's just killer. It's killer instinct. It's sort of it's sniper. That's why I call it. You know, when he, when he hits that shot, he's hitting the back of the net. And I love that about him. But there's other elements of his game where I've been a little bit worried about his link-up, his movement at times. Sometimes it's a bit static. However, you can't argue with like that performance there. I saw elements of it that was completely different um, mm. to what I saw last season. So that was I, I was impressed with him. Um, but overall, I still just, as a United fan, I just, it's hard. I just still don't trust him. I don't trust him. We can, we can easily go Southampton next week and, and it could be a nil-nil draw. Do you know what I mean? Or we draw 1-1. One, one. That's, that's just what I've got in my psyche about Man United at the moment. However, like I said, you can't argue with the result. I tell you who I was impressed with as well, and I'm, I'm not a fan of at all, is Juan Bissaka. I was really impressed with his performance. He, he looked bright. He looked like he was trying things. He looks like he's been doing a little bit of technical work during the summer as well. Because for me, technically, he's just nowhere near the required level for, for Manchester United Football Club. But... That performance there, I was, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe there is a little bit going on in the training ground. Maybe players can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's always been my worry with with Oli and the coaching staff. Who actually improves in that team? Who's actually getting better technically? Who's actually getting better? Um, but when I looked at Wambasaka, I thought, you know what, he, that, that was a good performance. And it's very rare that I say that about him. If we're attacking, if that makes sense, when we're sitting in a low block and defending against PSG and and them sort of teams, yeah, he's always, you know, playing up against City. He always looks good, but it's when we're going forward. That's when I always feel like we struggle, but he actually looked good um, yeah, on I'm Saturday. So I, was, I was impressed with him. I was so impressed are, you, with him. are you trying to say that Pogba should be moved into the 2-8 situation, so him and Bruno should be 2-8 and 1-DM? Is that what you're saying? It's a complete no-brainer. <laughs> like, it's a no-brainer. You've got... You, you, how can you tell me that a World Cup winning midfielder, people will say, oh, well, he's got Kante next to him. Give it a rest. You're telling me that you cannot play Pogba, who's one of the best midfielders in the world, one of the best eights in the world, and he plays Man United and he's not playing as an eight. And if you do need some, the only reason why I could say you can keep him out on the left at the moment is because he's got one year left of his contract and you don't know if he's going to be there next season. Mm. But we should have broke the bank to get someone who can sit in and play behind him, who can look after him and protect him and let him get on and do his thing because I'm sorry, you're Bruno and Pogba midfield. That should them two as eights. That should be enough to win you a league if you've got someone. If you've got if you've got a six or a four, I don't know how you guys describe it. But if you've got a six sitting behind Pogba and Bruno, that's it. You're ready, ready to go. You're that's that's a league winning midfield. You just need one person to sit in. One so person who's a little bit high energy. We can play it a bit and get it to them. So you don't believe Fred could do that job? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? I'm, I'm here to ask the questions right now. <laughs> for, me, for me, it was four one. I don't remember the last four. You mentioned Fred, them, man. Fred, Fred can't listen. Fred can't play football. The reality is, Fred can't play football. He can't trap a bag of sand. Bless him. You know, he's high energy and he's putting in the work rate. And you know, you you got to respect a man who works hard as a bare minimum. But you can't tell me that Fred is a football player because Fred is not a technical football player. And in order to win at the highest level. 
in order to win at the highest level, you must be a good technical footballer. And one thing that I've always said is when I watch football, especially with the elite teams, teams at the highest level, is I believe that you need to build a team to win the Champions League in order to win the league. If I look at Man United, when we've won the Champions League, every time Man United have won the Champions League, we've, that's been in between three Premier League titles in a row. So when we won it in 99, we won three Premier League titles in a row. When we won it in 2008, we won three Premier League titles in a row. And that's because every single player on that pitch, all 11 or the whole squad, every single one of them was a technically efficient footballer. You can't tell me that Fred can play football. We can't play football. So you're already in trouble. So to win at the highest level, you need technically good footballers. Even if you look at that Italian team, Morella, Giorgino, it's, it's, it's technical players. You can't not have technique for me. May as well go to bed with that. But that's just my opinion. I know, hey, don't man. mean it's wrong. <laughs> Facts. I mean, let me bring in Sean quickly and then bring in Peter as well, because um, obviously they're neutrals and they had a lot to say. Well, not they. Sean had a lot to say, but also Peter had a lot to say about last week. So, Sean, your analysis about the game, man, United leads... Yeah, like I agree with the, the Man United fans and, and the points in the game, but it was a perfect game for Man United. Like, do you know what I mean? Leeds are not gonna they're not gonna sit in, they're not gonna make it really difficult for you lots to break them down. They're gonna try man mark, they're gonna open up the game and you lot just punish them with the quality at the end of the day. Simple. Short and sweet, yeah. yeah. I'm just being concise now, I'm just trying to get to the point. That's the point, isn't it? So you want you wanna talk about after quicker, yeah? No, 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 but I'm just saying, what do you okay. that was, a, that was a game in a nutshell. Do you know what I mean? I, I said mm. last year when I came on the podcast about Leeds that they're never gonna go to a big uh, they're never gonna go to a big team away and win. The way they play, it's not gonna happen. You can't be trying to man mark player for player. It's not it's not gonna run. So I wasn't surprised by the result. So do you think they will nick points off City again, how they did last time? Or anyone else, Arsenal's but, maybe um... at Ellen Road, but away, when they go away, they're not they're not they're not nicking they points. City from... away, bro. That's what, was, that's what I was kind of trying to ask. Like, do you think they could do the yeah, same with fans, yeah, but with fans? Come on, man. The, the title was done them times, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at this team City put out. I'm talking about, like, prime time of the season, full full fit first 11. They're not going a big away team and winning. Mm, fair. I'm going to hold you to that one still. Yeah, I lie. I mean, Peter, what are you saying? Um, of course, neutral point of view. Um, anything to say about Leeds? Well, I was going to say, the one thing I wanted to say was about Pogba, actually, because I think Oli must have watched him during the Euros and seen all the passing that he was pulling off at the Euros and just told him to do more of the same, because I think the passing was absolutely sensational from Pogba's point of view. Um, whether, whether he can sustain being out of the left wing. And it's always a weird one with Man United, because it always feels like they're trying to fit Pogba in somewhere. And you would have thought, like, you know, one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive signings they've ever made, you would have thought they would have just put him in the team and kind of built everything up around him. So I was quite surprised that they're still trying to shoehorn him in, even in like the last last year of his contract. Uh, as for Leeds, you know, I think they play that, they kind of got that one style of play. Mm. And so, you know, you wonder, you know, is this the season they get kind of found out? You know, you know, it's going to be high intensity, high press. They're going to play a high line against you and they're going to try and, you know, hound you for the ball. And you just like that was cool last season, and you know it was exciting to watch, and it surprised a lot of teams. But you wonder, you know, are they going to get a bit found out? You, you saw Man United. How many times was Bruno running beyond the last man? You know, behind in behind on their defense, getting defenders turning, and you just wonder, you know, are they going to have to change their tactics a little bit, and are they going to have to be a little bit more adaptable? Mm, that's fair. I mean, in terms of um, what you said about the whole the pressing aspect of it, they they did try to play in certain areas. Um, leads and I think in the first 10-15 minutes I don't know Shaq you probably agree or disagree there's a, there comes a time as a footballer 
where you say to yourself, it's not working playing out from the back. Because there's a couple of times where they tried to play out, play out because of the philosophy, and they got nicked for it in the midfield in their own half. But 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 we saw last season though, bro. That they don't like it. Don't it? Don't matter, bro. They don't do nothing else. They keep doing the same yeah. shit, bro. I'm sure. I'm sure if, if one of them did say fuck it and knocked it long, mm. Bielsa's Bielsa's having their neck, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? So they they know if Bielsa's probably told them, yo. Like, don't worry, keep doing the same thing. And that's kind of what you need sometimes as a footballer, that like reassurance that mm. what you're doing is the right thing. But at the same time, I know what you're saying. Like, I get what you're saying. Match scenarios and that sometimes you've got to realise, yo, it's it's not working. We've got to change it up. But I just mm. think probably it's a Bielsa thing or bust ball. Yes, it's interesting in terms of because like, they turned over the ball so many times in the first 10, 15 minutes, which is good for a United point of view because you can nick it higher, you can play a higher line and you love that because, again, De Gea can play higher, he's a sweeper-keeper. It all works for your favour because you're at home, you're for, you look like you're forcing the issue a bit, but it kind of looked at times Leeds just turned over the ball and there was a lot more unforced errors and you could say probably count on more than two hands, actually, how much times they turn over the ball in the first 15, even though there's a risk and reward aspect to it, because there's a couple of times where they did get in behind on the right-hand side where Rafinha was. Um, but it just felt to me like, okay, game scenario, as you just said, Shaq, I'm just going to go a bit longer for a couple minutes, make United think, oh, maybe they're going to go longer, maybe we need to drop our back line, then we can play a bit. I'm just thinking, how do you kind of... Okay, I know what the manager's saying. I know what his philosophy is. I know what the club's philosophy is. But how can I manage this game? Because at the end of the day, I'm wearing the shirt. I'm on the pitch. Do you, do you get where I'm coming from with that, Sean? I, I, I agree, personally. I don't know about Sean. No, nah, I hear what you're saying. But, do you know what I mean? That's just the way the man is. Do you know what I mean? He's... When, mm. But else is not going to change for nobody. Do you know what I mean? They've, they went away beer times last year, got smacked up beer times, and they're still going to play the same way. So... We just I mean, got they, they, they also they also smoked quite a few teams last year as well. So I suppose it's that sort of element of balance, isn't it? You're yeah. gonna get popped sometimes, but you're also you're gonna pop teams as well. I suppose yeah, that's his philosophy. I suppose. I suppose. It's a, and, it's I think, and I think we're like the the bo- not bogey team, but how our players and how we like and how good we are count like under under Oli with the counter attack, and then you've got like physical guys like. McTominay, Fred, Fred's not really physical, but he just runs around a lot. Like he's intense, you know what I'm saying? High, high intensity. Then you got James, then you got Bruno as well. Then you add because I don't think Paul played against Leeds last season. Then you add Paul's physicality no, and one v one, one v one. Like we're kind of like not the bogey, like we're kind of like the bogey team for Leeds. Like if you try to do the one v one thing, that don't work with us. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you've seen with best when we've got space in behind and. When you put put the four banks, two banks of four, we find we struggle. Obviously, we want to improve on that this season with Jaden and X Y Z, but we we we've struggled for the past couple seasons with that. So playing the one v one thing, I think more. But you do that against United, but it's always going to be one way. It's interesting Absolutely. in terms of, of yeah, yeah. to to chip in with the whole um, the unsettling. There was points in time where Leeds slowly got into the game, but I think United just presence on the ball in terms of, I think it was probably minute 20 to 25, 30 in that kind of gap of the game in the first half where there was a couple of chances United had that, you know, they they could have converted. Do you think moving forward, do you think, 
apart from Paul's one as well, there was like one or two half it. Like, uh, let's put him out. Dan James is kind of he gets into half decent oh, areas. Uh, here we go. He gets into half decent areas, oh, and I'm bro. thinking to myself, when we play a much better side, no disrespect to Leeds, are those going to be the chances that we rue and we then go down one nil in a season of 38 games or 37 now, and we don't win, we lose one nil or we draw one one. Do you get what I mean with that? He can't. He can't be on the pitch, bro. Of he course, he can't be on the pitch, bro. Bro, he's—I swear, he's the most—he's the stupidest footballer man seen play for man's club, bro. Him or Pereira, probably. <laughs> Not Bebe. Who else? Who? Not Bebe. He played like one game. I don't want to put. Still played. Up, what about Obertan? Oh, yeah, Obertan. He had a little <laughs> bit about him, you know. Obertan had more ability than Dan James. He had this more is what ability. I'm saying. Three with with James's pace. Have a frightening player there because Obertan oh. could play, he just didn't have it. You didn't have it, like James. James can't play, damn this. Yeah. James, James can't play, he just can't play for another one. He just there's just too many at United who just can't play football. If, if James could play even a little bit of football, he'd be a decent player with that pace. He's, he's dangerous because of the pace, but he can't play, he literally can't play. And he's thick, that's another thing. He's thick as well. He, he's not clever, he's got no IQ, zero IQ. If he, as Jordan said, if he had a little bit about him, you're looking at walk up 2.0. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know what? If for man to come off the bench and give me certain minutes, I'm cool with that. Because at the end yeah. of that walk up, he became a decent finisher and he was always a threat with that pace. But this, bro, bro, Mason put him in. The guy took four touches in the box, bro. Are you all right? Yeah, it's it interesting with that. That's one of the actions I was referring to in terms of not, like... Bro, he, like, he's just not it. And you know what the sad thing is? Like, not sad thing, but it's not even sad because it pisses me off. Like, when he does this dumb shit, he's always looking like, oh, that's not what I meant to do. Like, oh, nearly. It's like, brother, it was no, never no, happening. Stop, stop. He always does that face. So like, true. I know the face you're talking about as well. You know what I'm like, saying? It's not your schoolboy face. I know yeah, what you're talking about. schoolboy thing. It's like, yeah. oh, I was just trying it. Like, oh, <laughs> you can't want a try, though, man. Let's be honest. You can't want a nah, try. But he bro, works hard. Yeah, you know your limits, bro. you got to know, like, when you're with him, just get down. Don't even just cross it in. Just look for brute. Like, tell one of them, man, always come short. Always support you when he makes that run. And just pass it back to them and they'll do something. That's all yeah. I want. Just stretch them. That's so true. I don't even want you so crossing true. it no more. I don't even want you crossing it no more because it's oh, you're putting bro. He's putting the ball in the box and no one's in there. I'm, yeah, and then it's going them out in for a goal kick. So mad. it's like okay, it's not even an accurate cross. The thing going out and there's no one there. To, nah, he needs to be gone. As I told, as I said in the group chat with you, man, he needs to get serious and put in his UCAS application because <laughs> he's not a footballer, bro. <laughs> Oh, and, clear, and, clear, and clear and soon done. Clear and soon done. You feel me? That's the name of the pod, bro. Clear, clear and soon done. It's clear right. I mean, I mean, if if we take away from, uh, I mean, you know, Dan James aspect, Scott McTominay impressed me in terms of like getting forward again because obviously he was the main threat last time he played them um, at home. I mean, one. 6-2, I believe it was, if my memory serves me correctly. And he was the driving force in the first half a lot of the times. And his engine as well allows him to get up and down the pitch box to box. But I mean, if we want to move to that 2 eights and 1DM system, does he play the DM if we don't buy another DM? Anyone can answer that. I think Van Der Beek could do it. I don't understand why Van Der Beek couldn't do it. I don't understand. I think I've seen him. He looks. I don't see why at the moment He's a technically efficient player. He's got IQ. 
Mm. I, I, sometimes I feel like people want to pigeonhole players into, like in the Premier League, for example, R6 is has to be a big, tall, stiff, can't move, but goes in and smashes into a tackle. That, mm-hmm. That's for me. For me, a six could just sit there like a Jorginho. I think Jorginho is a six is one of the best in the world. Now yeah, he gets turned over. In, he gets turned over. In a, he gets turned over in a transition, but he just won a European Cup, and then he just won another European Cup. So he's won two European Cups because when you give him that opportunity, he's got the IQ. Now he's mm-hmm. going to get turned over and have to make a tactical foul, but actually you're always going to have the ball. Now if you've got a player like Van der Beek with high IQ to just sit in, I'm not saying as a long term solution. Long term, you need to go out and get someone of true quality. Obviously, he's a, a specialist in that role. But I think for now, if you from now for me, I can't see why this goes back to Oli and the coaching staff. But I can't see why you couldn't set the system up, especially with Varane there now. And you've got if you do get turned over, at least you know you've got a bit of pace at the back there. You've got mm. players who can make the recovery runs with Luke Shaw. Half of your mid, half of your back four now with Wambasaka, Luke Shaw, and Varane. All of them boys can make recovery runs now. So why could you not play a high IQ player who's going to be able to make interceptions, read passes? Because it's real simple. If you can slip passes in and you can make them little slip reverse passes, if you can see them to make them, then you can see them to intercept them. Simple. Mm. It's, it's that simple. And I think Van Der Beek could do it. Um, he's just going to get turned over in a transition. That's the only worry. Yeah, I mean, I can't see it. yeah. It's, it's, it's important to hear and see in terms of um, why they don't want him in there. Because, again, he does do his thing. And if you put him in there, Van der Beek, to play the DM role and just tick it over, my only worry is, as you as you was probably alluding to there, Jordan, is the whole he might get done transitionally and Oli doesn't like that. That's why he always reverts to the McFred vibes because he doesn't yeah. like the, the transitional aspect of being caught out because he He's likes right. Luke Shaw so yeah. high. He likes Wambasaka yeah. kind of joining in a little bit. So if them two get bypassed in the wing areas, then it, it, it becomes a, maybe a 4v2 or 3v2. It's very uncomfortable for him. I, that's how it yeah. looks. But in, just, even then, there's a simple tactical change there. Rather than send Wambasaka to bomb on, get him to be the sitting player and he mm. can sit back because he can't do anything going forward anyway. So you may as, you could just tell Wambasaka against the big sides or sides you're worried about getting turned over if they've got a bit of pace on the counter. You could just mm. say to Wambasaka, you're going to be the player to sit in. I don't really want you bombing on. You're going to sit and, and then that allows Van der Beek to, to kind of play up the pitch. Yeah. Because it's only a, play, it's a player swap, really, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a player yeah. swap in terms of that transition. But again, you need to have the tactical knowledge and understanding. And I look at that, that coaching staff, Oli, Carrick and McKenna. And I don't know. I just have to. I look at it and then look at it again. And I, I, I don't. <laughs> I have to look at it, I have to look at it a few times. I'm not going to slate them. Boys, I'm not. Yeah, but I just I don't think it's serious. I don't think it's serious. But you know what? To to Jordan's point, it's a, it's not a bad shout because if you remember under Sari, and it's a good thing you mentioned Jorginho. If you remember under Sari, a lot of the press, a lot of like fans were saying, "Ah, oh, you should play Kante at DM," and mm-hmm. and it's like as to Jordan's point, not all DMs have to be the ball winning. Mm. And midfielder, and these times Kante had never played in a three. He'd always played. He'd always play in a two. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. because fans and pundits were so used to the normal DM has to be the destroyer and win the ball back, all of this stuff, you you don't appreciate a guy that can make angles for certain passes and be in the right position and all. Of, do you know what I'm saying? Listen, so, this, this is England. It's the culture of English exactly. football, isn't it? Exactly. You know what I mean? We're, we're beans and toast and pints. You know, we're not, we're not sangria. We're not red wine. We're just not. Mm-hmm. But if you go to another country in Europe, they're going to be saying something completely different. 
You yeah, know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way we see football. It's just the way the English, us as English people, we that's how we see football. We don't trust a guy like Jorginho. We want someone smashing a header. You know, go on, get it. You know, football, yeah. high energy, get it, mate. Smash that's it. Why, you know what I mean? That's why people call for McTominay there. And I personally don't want to see it because I see it as when, see when we were building up, he's someone that hides from the ball. So he's someone, he doesn't even yeah. show for the ball, make good passing angles for it. And obviously when he gets the ball, he's not the best. He's decent enough, good enough, but he's not the best. And if you're going to play at the base of a three, more, more often than not, you're going to be, you're going to be the, the trigger for a lot of presses. So you've got to be yeah. competent to have a good first touch, take it away from a defender, even if you're popping it back to a different centre-back or on the side. But you've got to be one step ahead. And I don't think he has that football that that football brain for that. He's good and trust me, like against a team like he's he's all right, he's not good, but against a team like Leeds that play that type of game, he's someone he wins a lot of duels as well. He's as you know, he's physical, like six foot two. He's strong. So he's always gonna have some sort of and that's why probably a lot of people I say overrate him because he, he runs around, he tries hard, he gets in and that's decent. But as Jordan said, at the top, top level we need to be technically proficient and he's not at that level, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. I mean, I let's bring, let's bring Peter into yeah, the convo. Um, Peter, what do you think about um, that ailing strike? Is it something that you envisioned him kind of popping up and doing? In terms yes, of that's exactly why I had him in my fantasy football team. I saw it coming <laughs> miles away. I only put, I had him as my third sub though, so I didn't get to cash in on those six points. Um, yeah, I think I think the thing with Leeds is that they got they have quite a few. Av- Avenues for goals, don't they? Like Stuart Dallas chipped in quite a bit. He seems to be a proper utility player for them. So he's able to pop up with goals here and there. It doesn't all just go through Bamford. There's Rafinha. And there's a couple of other players that they have that can pop up with goals, which I think is good. But yeah, I do wonder how much of their play is dependent on uh, Phillips and whether they're missing him a bit. Because he's normally, you know, as we were just describing Man United there, about having that strong pivot player where the ball goes through a lot. He, he does do that quite a lot for Leeds and you wonder how much they'll miss him because he's having that extended break due to the uh, due to the Euros. Um, but yeah, I wonder, yeah, I do wonder maybe could De Gea have done better? I don't know. I don't know what Man United fans feel about their goalkeepers. You seem to have De Gea who kind of goes up and down in form and then, you know, either he's the greatest or he's the worst and then there's love for Dean Henderson, but then that kind of just, that seemed to have kind of dropped off a bit. I don't know how Man United feel, fans feel about their uh, their keepers at the moment. I mean, in terms of keepers union on my side, that is a wonder strike. Uh, uh, you could no one could have saved that. To be fair, mm. I don't I don't see Quartar saving that. I don't see Donnarumma saving that. Personally, like they're kind of like you know elite keepers in my kind of mindset. Top two, top three. I don't see them saving it as a wonder strike. You, you hit it clean, to be fair. Um, th- for me, De Gea didn't have much to do. It was an okay game from him to come back into personally, uh, where he, they didn't put him under a lot of pressure. And you know, the good save he made to his bottom right, uh, bottom left, sorry, in the second half, I believe it was a curling strike from. I can't remember if it was. Uh, first half, it was uh, first half. There you go. Um, it was a good save. It's routine, really, performance. Um, his distribution playing out was good at times as well. Like comfortable game for him to get back into and you know shake off any nerves of you know coming back into the side after maybe not being included in the Euro side. When I'd say that, I mean he didn't play a game. Uh, he was you know bench warmer and you know <laughs> not playing the back end of the season. It, it does play on your mind a bit. So um, it was a good game for him to come back into. I don't know, Sean. What, what's your thoughts on you know the the keeper situation in terms of United? 
Dean Henderson come straight back in or do you keep DDG? Well, it's tough. It's tough in that you got De Gea on so much money. It's tough to kind of just sit him on the bench. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really know about you. Let's scorekeeper situation. I'm gonna be real. Um, I would personally go with. I personally just go with stick with De Gea. If you can't get rid of him on that much money, he has to play. Mm. So do you say that Dean Henderson just does the cups? Then I mean, I don't know if there's been a backhander agreement or in his contract he has to start more. He pretty most likely will get the cups. Do you know what I mean, I think that's how you lot did it last year. One yeah. had the league, one had the cup, so I assume it would be the same thing. So I mean, Champions League should give him a bit more, you know, help to see who he can play when. If we've got two games in one week, who plays what week? Who plays another week? So again, the longer we stay in competitions, hopefully, um, the more game time everyone gets because um, we have a a bit of a bulkier squad. I don't know if you know the people are like Ahmad's gonna go out and learn. There's talks about him going out and learn. I don't know if that's finalized or anything. Um, Pereira. Some people are looking at him a couple English sides and a one foreign side. So there's a couple of players that might leave. Um, so there's probably chances for, you know, one or two of the youth players to come through. 23, should I say. Hannibal's killing it at the moment. I would like to see him on the bench uh, for a couple of games and maybe even get a couple of starts in the cup. Uh, there's a couple of others in there. I know um, Galbraith, we was talking about last week, he's gone on loan. Uh, mm. Ethan Lade's gone on loan. So there's a few boys that may still go out on loan. Uh, Menji might. As well, I don't know if he has already. I can't remember what I was reading the other day. No. So I don't know, Shaq. In terms of you yourself, who would you like to see leave, and who would you like to see stay? What from United? Yeah, United's point of view, anyway. I thought you was gonna talk about Phil Jones. What do you have to say about him? I'm, I'm building up to that one. I'm building up. Oh, to that saying one. that, saying that. Building up um, to that one. Well, yeah, him, uh, Pereira, Lingard as well. Even though I do have like, I do like him a little bit. But I think he needs to do his best for his career, bro. Mm. After that, not even just because of what he, how he played for West Ham, but that's a big factor of it. And if he wants to get back into the England team, he needs to be playing week in, week out. And even that performance, even the performance he's put in for West Ham, you're still not going to outplace Bruno in that 10. Do you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. You, yeah, you need to go out either. I think that I was hearing, um, I saw a couple of reports saying that it might be another season loan or whatever, but he needs to be playing ball. Uh, yeah, I think I said Pereira, Dan James as well. Uh, I'd get rid of Lindelof, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> Savagery. Brandon, Brandon Williams. Savage. Brandon Williams. He needs to go. Uh, Fred needs to go. There's a few in it, like, for me, but because I, as you say, like you mentioned, a couple of the youth guys, as, mm. as, as I said last week, I hate it when these mid guys, mid career professionals are taking minutes or uh, messing up the progression of these younger guys that could benefit from the experience and from what I've seen, have more talent on, have more about them than these old scrubs. Mm. It's interesting because, again, it's a long season and one or two injuries starts to make it look like you haven't got a squad. So I'm, I know, I hear what you're saying highly, but I'm very, I don't know, reluctant. I don't know if Jordan's the same. Very reluctant to let many go out because of the just because factor. Like Don't ask me this question. I'll tell you that. We'll be left with a five-a-side team if it's down to me. We'll be <laughs> playing down Bro, bro <laughs> these guys that I mentioned, we have guys at Carrington that are better than these men. 
We have centre-backs that are better than Phil Jones, centre-mids that are better than Pereira, wingers that are better than Daniel James, full-backs that are better than uh, Randall Williams, centre-mids that are better than Fred. Like, I'd rather these men get their minutes, bro, rather than... The, going out alone is always good for them as well. Mm-hmm. But like, even I don't know what's going on with uh, Ghana. But yeah, I'd that's interesting. Garner, I'd rather have Ghana in the team than Fred any day. Yeah. Any day. I mean, <laughs> moving on I'm to Leeds then, because uh, I know we're going to agree to disagree. I don't know. Let me, Sean, I know you, you have a, a little bit of a thought process about Leeds. Who, who do they need to add? Or are they okay for the season? Do you think they're happy to win 19 and lose 19 for this season? I don't know if they're happy to win, <clears throat> win 19 and lose 19, but in terms of adding, it's a bit difficult. Do you know what I mean? They had a, when you have such a good season and most of the players play well, it's tough to kind of get those players that are going to be sitting on the bench. I mean, obviously money's tight as well. I think maybe another striker just in case Bamford gets injured because they don't seem to want to play Rodrigo up top more time. So mm. maybe another striker, but they got kind of a big, they got kind of a, like a, a decent sized squad for like for no European competition. I mean, they got yeah. a couple of youngsters coming through as well with Shackleton and they still got Greenwood there, Greenwood on the bench the other day. So I think they're okay. I think they're okay with signing ones. Is that ex-Arsenal Sam Greenwood, no? Mm, the fake yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if if I'm gonna do one, it'll probably be another striker just just for cover. Fair. I mean, they, they should be all right this season. I'm I'm a little fan of Leeds in terms of like how they play. Um, of course, risk and reward is is a big thing in football. Uh, it's all about invasion, as a lot of people may understand football in in terms of that. Um, they, they shouldn't be too far off, as uh, a lot of people were saying, such as Rio and other people were talking about online. Like they shouldn't be too far off. There's no problems there. It won't like other teams, make them go on a 3-4 loss. It'll probably make them lose one, one win one here, draw one, lose again. So their, their confidence won't be hit by this. I think they'll keep going and going and going with that. Um, but let's just start with the whole Phil Jones saga. I mean, <laughs> yesterday I was talking to a couple of my friends. I was like, the cheek of a man that's playing 23s, <laughs> the cheek of it, of a man to play under 23 football, He's been there for yonks. English centre-back. Yeah, you got your little hell from Van Gaal when he was playing next to Smalling, yeah? That's all forgotten now. You're playing 23s just about, yeah? You're stealing a living. You don't want to leave, from my understanding, but you do not want to give up the number four shirt. How dare you? How dare you? A World Cup winner, serial winner, has come through the door and you said, nah, I don't want to give you my number four shirt. Who are bro, you? Man's got, I've got, He's a man's family got my winner, by the back way. wearing number 19, bro. Who nah, are you? Man is mudded, bro. Phil Jones mudded. is a Premier League winner. You're just going to... Nah, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. Isn't he the only... Him and De Gea must be the only two Premier League winning like mm. players that we've got in the squad. So I suppose he's probably Maybe thinking it. Maybe even Lingard, but play, still. Play, they were no, playing no. Lingard weren't getting no stripes. Uh, to, I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's what, Maybe that's his thought process. He's thinking, hold up a second. I'm still one of the only guys in here and they're going to try and take my number. Joking. Nah, take mm. that off his back, bro. So when he underrated. is not starting in a first team squad ever again. So why the hell what? does he want his number four shirt? I've got, I've got another question because I, I have to put this on Oli. Because I remember when... Jose first came in and um, Zlatan took Martial's number. Now, Martial must have not been happy with that, but I'm sure Jose said, I don't care if you're not happy with it. Facts. Zlatan's coming in and pulling that off your shirt. I'm Facts. pulling that number off your shirt. So I think what's happened is 
um, Ollie's gone and said, oh, Phil, how you doing, mate? How you been today? How's everything? You all right? How's the, how's the missus? By the way, is it okay if we can get your shirt? And he's gone, nah, no chance. He's like, okay, Phil, no problem. Have a good day. Whereas, so, and that's what I mean about Ollie. Sometimes I just think Ollie's just weak because Jose would have just stripped the office back. Just give me that. That's not, that's not yours to have no more. You ain't playing no football. So I think that's a management thing. Feel, to fulfill to be able to get away with it because Martial didn't. Because look, Martial's got the number back on his shirt. He's number nine again. So he clearly wasn't happy with giving it to his lad. Exactly. So, so my point is, as you keep saying as well, like, where's the whole, it's for starting players, first teamers, 18 <laughs> man. Where, where's the whole, treason, I don't know, bro. philosophy, policy. I don't know what it is, bro. Where's the management? It's management, isn't it? Facts. It's I mean, treason, Peter, I know I know you're a person that you know is, is all about numbers on shirts. You know, starting eleven has to be one to eleven. Right, what's your thoughts on that? So wait, I haven't really followed this Phil Jones saga. Is he? Ch- Sorry, go again. The twenty threes, or is he just not good enough? Uh, I haven't followed the whole Phil Jones saga, but is he is he choosing to play in the under twenty three? I mean, he's, or is he just not going to make the eleven? He's just not. You no, just not put him in the first team squad. Full stop. Yeah, no, he had an injury in it, so he's. Basically, last year he was out for a year, or whatever. Obviously, don't know the severity of it, but he was basically recovering the majority of last season. Then he's come back, and Oli's tried to make it sound like he's part of the squad and that. But I still don't understand the reason why man has made has not given us his number. Uh, you ain't you ain't really playing. Like you're like fifth choice centre back, sixth maybe. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, maybe, maybe he doesn't see it that way, though. You know, from his point of view, he's come back from injury. Like, new guy's just been brought in. The guy has to prove himself. Doesn't need to just relinquish his shirt for, for Rafael Varane. Well, that's why I said self-awareness maybe is that's a underrated he... thing, bro. Uh... <laughs> we need to send Phil to the Emirates. We need to send Phil to the Emirates. Bro. Yeah, stop with that right there. Stop with that right there. <laughs> Send him to the Emirates. He can get number four over there. <laughs> what do I you mean, that's the issue, isn't it? Back next to Benjamin White. Yeah, mean? stop the foolishness and continue. <laughs> I, all right, cool. We'll get to that, innit? We'll See, me, I'm not one in the Arsenal jokes today, you know? I'm not one in the Arsenal jokes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. But this is my issue in terms of, like, the stature point. I mean, of, of course, I heard what you said about um, he has to earn it. But he's just come in with a mad CV. So, already, that shouldn't even be a question. That's my thing. It shouldn't be a question. The same mm. with the Zlatan scenario. Okay, Zlatan's Zlatan. He's going to be a bit more... He'll come out in the press and say, yo, I took that off him. Because who is he? That's Zlatan. But again, I think it should be common courtesy. It should be an unwritten rule. Like, Varane is a starter. If he wants a number, he's got to get that number. Because he's on big bucks. He's on bringing shit to the, the club. You're not. You're on the floor half of the time doing dirty wine blood. So what, 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 what are we really doing here? <laughs> Uh, if, 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 if Varane really wanted it if he really wanted it he would have put that in his contract maybe he should take a slice of humble pie from Messi. Messi Messi went to PSG he could have ripped that number 10 straight off the back of Neymar but he was like I'll be humble I'll take the 30 I hear you I hear you I hear you if you put it that way in terms of like you know there's more sentimental value around the 30 I think he started as number 30 when he started in Barcelona's first team something like that right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, there's a little link there. I, I think Varane has a link with number 19 as well. But still, I, that's my my personal bugbear about the Phil Jones. He should have just. But you know, but you know what though? United are slimy as well. Could they leak that to the press, bro? 
Mm. So they're they're slimy as well. Like they they're getting that. You know what I'm saying? They're doing their little yeah. shot. It was probably Ed Woodward because you know you know Edward was slapped. Remember he slapped it on him in, at West Ham or something when he was in the crowd and that. <laughs> so it was probably Edward with that. But, but you know they got a little mad little relationship. It was probably them, but because I'm thinking, bro, how do they? How do we even know that? Mm. Yeah, 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 a player that you know what I'm saying. You don't really hear that stuff, bro. That so they're slimy as well for leaking that film. And Sean, shut your mouth. I think I let you. <laughs> so no one gets away with it. Hey, right, let's talk about these Arsenal bums now, man. Nah, man. Let's let's finish off with the whole who played well. I know we mentioned some people, but Sean might have a decent aspect on someone else that he thought had a decent game. So let's start with Sean. Who do you think had a good game? I definitely don't have a different aspect. I thought I thought Pogba, Greenwood, and Bruno were the standouts. If I'm being honest. And who went the opposite way then? Who who had a shocker for you? Oh, I thought um. Cock for Leeds, I thought he was awful. And it's not really what? his fault because he's probably not like... <laughs> he's, he's probably oh, not yeah. mad comfortable in that holding mid-spot, but he had a he had a shocker trying to man Mark Bruno. Yeah. I think it was an overplay and it's like he's trying to impress and get around people. Sometimes you've got to simplify it. But I hear you on that. He is a decent player. But yeah, he just didn't match their energy in the slightest. What about you, Peter? Who played well? Who didn't have a good game for you? Uh, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with the, uh, some of the comments made before. I thought it was quite interesting with Bruno. Um, one of the big question marks this season, you know, VAR wasn't going to be as lenient. So, you know, was, was Fernandez going to be as prevalent? And I think he's, he's proved a lot of people wrong scoring three goals from open play in the first game. So I think from a fantasy football point of view, that's great to see. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of, yeah, maybe that's what Leeds was missing, you know, that kind of Calvin Phillips sitting in the pivot and just kind of turning things over. Um, they, I think they've got they've got quite a few good games coming up as well. They've got Everton at home and then Burnley away before Liverpool in the game week four. So, yeah, I think as other people have mentioned earlier, you know, don't you don't need to read too much into game week one. And I'm sure Leeds will probably, as everyone else has said, you know, win 19, lose 19. I mean, they got ninth in the Premier League last season, so I don't think the alarm bells are ringing just yet. So that was better than Arsenal, though, no? You lots are just childish enough. <laughs> no, I'm just asking because it just came to mind still. Mad, uh, uh. mad. Yeah, man, I, I hate you for that. Uh, Jordan, anyone that didn't impress you? Because I know you spoke about some good players already. It's, it's a tough one, to be honest. Um, it was it's a bit of a nothing game. It's hard, it's hard when a team loses 5-1. You really don't want to really want don't want to dig anyone out. I have to admit though, Cock did have a, have a hard time with Bruno. He did, he did. They were sitting in there and it was a bit of a mismatch. He was the only one really. It's unfair because Leeds were, you can't say they had a bad performance or any player in particular had a bad performance because I think they were just guilty of the of the playing style, full stop, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, more than any like real individual um, issues. But I would say the, the first goal, the playing out from the back, you know, the keepers had a mare, um for the first goal, for the Bruno goal. He's literally yeah. straight in. That's the only thing I could see what was really obvious in terms of that's just, that's just dog and duck. But yeah, no, no one really I could I could dig out really as and say that's poor. That was a terrible performance. So nah. Fair, fair. Shaq, anyone else to 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 point out that didn't really have a good game for you? Uh, I think I'm gonna put a little, not a little bit of a stick, but for Rafina, I should have thought I was disappointed in him. He didn't really show up. I would have expected a bit, as obviously the score was a score, but I would have expected to see a little bit more from probably their best player 
and missed a big chance at the end as well. Mm. <clears throat> he didn't really offer much throughout the whole game. And that kind of that, that chance he missed kind of that topped it off kind of thing. No, it's definitely, uh, I agree with that. Mm. I, I expect more from him this season, but yeah, there's point in times where he could have put Luke Shaw under a bit more pressure there. I think I want to add, I want to, I want to add a little piece as well. My favorite yeah, moment was was the second goal. My favorite goal was the second goal. The first Bruno's hat trick goal was a good finish. It was a mad finish, good pass from Lindelof, and a crazy volley, half volley I think. But that M- Mason's goal, that yeah, that give me more of that. that yeah, I mean, from, t- that this morning they'll analyze that hard. Yeah, yeah, that pass from Paul was was great, but exquisite Mason. Mason, Mason shook like his pace to get away from the defender and the two touches he took. Mm. Yeah. That, and then the finish, I knew we weren't going to miss. As I said, bro, Mason's ready, man. 20, 20, I'm saying 15 goals in the league, man. Fuck it. 15 goals in the league, bro. Fair. Fair shot. He wants it, bro. He wants it, man. So let's move through right to the Brentford and Arsenal. I mean, oh. Friday night kicked us off. Looking forward to it. The build-up was crazy. The preseason talk was crazy. We was leading up to that, and then, bang, the new boys. Which I thought when I went to watch, I went to watch Brentford and Arsenal two seasons ago, um, in the Carabao Cup, and they, I think they lost that one nil or two nil. And I saw from that game that they played really well, and they could get something. No, that was Leeds, wasn't it? Uh, probably it was Leeds. But Brentford played Arsenal. Was it FA Cup or Leeds or, or Carabao Cup? Sean, you might be able to refresh my memory with that. Can't remember. Cannot remember. But either way, long story short, Brentford came away with a victory, as some of you saw already. Talk us through, Sean. What happened? Well, firstly, let me just start this. Brentford were really good. Like Everything I saw for them last year in the Championship translated perfectly well to the Premier League. So uh, let me just give them the airport. Let me get out of the way. But Arsenal was shocking. I, like, I want to say I haven't seen it before, but we saw it all last season. But it's just like, Start a new season with the with the lack of intensity, the passing sideways, didn't really create anything. And the abysmal defending was just I'm not even angry. I'm just like, I'm just fed up with it. I'm just I'm just fed up with it. Like it's just we're a joke. We're a joke off the field, we're a joke on the field. So it's a, yeah, it's gonna be a long season. <sighs> the Excel there, yeah, was uh it was hard to hear. But again, I'm thinking about the point Joe made last week in terms of there's no leadership, there's no aggression, there's no physicality in that whole Arsenal side from back to front. And it kind of showed you got bullied. Last week's episode was this is not bullying, but you actually got bullied on Friday. And, and it was kind of telling in terms of you saying it's happened all season. There's no backbone there at the moment. And I mean, I don't know if it's going to come from Ben White being a new signing. I don't know if it's going to come from Gabriel when he comes back. I don't know if it's going to be off the field manager, where's it going to come from? That that kind of spine, that aggression, that physicality, where's it going to come from, Sean? I don't I don't think Arsenal have it. Arsenal don't have it. I mean, maybe Thomas Party can bring a bit of physicality, but in terms of leadership, Arsenal don't have it. We're not we're not that club. We rely, we rely on Smithrow, Saka and, and Tierney to lead us. Do you know I mean uh, our captain suddenly unwell? Like everything's just a sh- everything's just a shambles. Like it was a shambles. We looked at shambles. We was letting Tony bully us. Like, I just... Bully it was really bad. Certain man. <laughs> you know, obviously, the centre-backs, but I mean, us as a, us as a team. Center, I think it was one centre-back. No, one. it was both centre-backs. Don't do that. We're not going to do that. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just... 
yeah, I just, I was, yeah, I was just shocked. Like, I put it to us to win 3 1. We didn't even look like scoring. And we just, as I said, it's just, it just looks like it's going to be a lo- another long season, an even longer one than last year, actually. And you're in what? Um, four competitions? No, three. No, no. Yeah, we're, we're in three. Yeah, we're in three. Yeah. Wow. Nice setup. Nice. Wow. Um, and I'm thinking in terms of like <laughs> when you're going to play different types of opposition that's going to allow you to grow. But I mean that as in like foreign opposition that will put you to the test, not your Olympiacuses, but your, you know, your, I don't know, maybe your Rens, your Leons. Like you, you need to be challenging back at that kind of top flight football. And again, there's a few more teams that's invested well, as you talked about in the preseason talk. So, Again, these two weeks, is the checkbook going to come out or is it not going to come out? It might sound like it's just Sean being interviewed, but obviously you have a bit more insight to Arsenal than maybe a few of us do. I, I couldn't tell you if the checkbook's going to come out. It looks like they're going to go back for Odegaard. That's, that's what it looks like. But I mean, as I said, we're a, joke on the, we're a joke on the pitch and off the pitch. We haven't sold anybody. We've just, we sold Willock. I mean, we've got Lucas Torre in Spain. We've got Angel Mitten now sitting on the bench. Biting his fingernails. I saw that. Bellerin- <laughs> we've got Chambers starting a right back, but we've got Cedric and Hector Bellerin sitting on the bench. I mean, it's a joke. It's just a joke. Our squad is massive. William wasn't brother- even in the squad. Like, it's, it's, it's a joke. But Brother Ryan, can I ask the Honourable Brother Sean a question? Go through, go through. <laughs> brother Sean. Go for it. I know this guy. I'd like to ask your analysis of a certain centre-back that was signed for £50 million <sighs> and how you felt his performance was and Obviously, it's game week one, so as me and Jordan kind of said, you don't want to get carried away with certain things, and there's a lot of game to be played. So, how do you think the season will be for him? Well, you know? he, he, well, I'm hoping. Well, I'm hoping he will get better. He didn't have the best. If we're honest, he didn't have the best day, did he? I mean, he he got bullied by Tony numerous mm. times. Mm. But to be fair to him, I mean, it's just he wasn't helped by the rest of the team. Do you know what I mean? Like when someone's struggling. You need teammates to help you. He didn't have he didn't have the help. He didn't look his best, but I mean, I mean, it's it's looking long with Lukaku next week as well. But hopefully he can just grow into the season. Hopefully he can just grow into the season. Hopefully he can just grow into the season. So we know he can do better than that, though. Do you know what I mean? It's not. We know he can do better than that, but I mean, it was a tough start. Come on, man. We've seen him do better. This is what I'm saying. This is this no, but this is what I'm saying. Like that was he got exposed physically. Physically, yeah. He got exposed. Yeah, I've seen my centre-back. Yeah, Swedish centre-back. I've seen that happen. That don't change, bro. That, that as much as you say... I, I that, have to agree. I have to agree. As much as you agree. can say he won't, do, he, he won't be as bad as that, maybe, technically, he may have better games or whatever, but you see that physical thing? Mm-mm. You, you, are, you either have it or you don't. And I don't know, I, bro. It's so- it's the way he approaches it, though. Like, you know, maybe he won't be as, as bullish and think he can just estimate Tony a little bit as well. And, and Brentford on the whole, maybe he thought, uh, you know, this championship player, I could probably, I could probably have him. Naive. And then he's just been, been eating a lot. So naive. If he's thinking that, that's so naive, surely. Hmm? You, can't, you can't do that in a Premier League, can you? You, got, you know the Premier League is... Bro, it doesn't have to be a big black guy called Tony, bro. It could have been... <laughs> Chris Wood at Burnley, but that you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Ashley Barnes. Yeah, exactly. Could have been any of them. Yeah. It, happens. That, it happens. If you're playing that, up front, so more often than not, you've got a bit about you in the physical physical aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. He got I mean, uh, season as well. 
he had next yeah, well, yeah, yeah. to him all season and he was sitting in the middle of about three yeah. spraying passes around and that makes him fifty million pounds. No, but let's not act like let's not act like he hasn't played in the championship and done and done well for himself against bigger strikers. Do you know what I mean he just he, did he have the best game? No. But he's gonna he's gonna have to approach certain things different, obviously. But let's not act like he can't do it. Yeah, I don't want to dig him out. It's unfair. It's unfair to dig up Ben White. It's unfair because it's not his fault. He's just unlucky to be in that situation at that football club. No, but I'm just that, saying that, that we, we've seen him do it in the championship, though, against bigger strikers. Let's not act like he can't play against. I never, striker. I never saw it. I never watched him. So I can't talk on that. Big fan. I mean, but he di- he didn't have a good start. He got bullied, and he's gonna have to be a lot better. Amen to that, boy. Amen right. to that. Peter, what was you saying? Your, your last bit on the end, I didn't hear that, man. Oh, um, oh, yeah, I was, I was, I was going to agree with it. Uh, Jordan. Pretty much said it was that in the in the last season before he had like Lewis Dunk, who's like six foot four, one side of him, and then another centre back on the other side, so kind of freed him up from the physical aspect. Mm. Um, I, I do think though, like. Looking back to last season and uh, looking at a Tottenham player, like Hoyberg has a terrible first game against Everton. Uh, and you would have thought, like, shit, what have we spent all this money on? But then he went on to have an outstanding season. I think he played every Premier, every minute in the Premier League and then he had an outstanding Euro. So I wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't judge Ben White too quickly on the, uh, on the first game of the season. What I would have liked to have seen, though, was a bit of leadership from, from his goalkeeper. Uh, I, I maybe rushing forward to the second goal, but I, I mean, maybe Ryan, maybe you could give a bit more insight on this from a goalkeeper's point of view. But for me, Leno looked looked shy. Like he had a he had a player in front of him, but if that was my keeper, I'd want him absolutely mowing that guy down, punching through his face to get to the ball, sort of thing. But Leno just kind of kind of got caught behind him, like he was trying to get onto the tube or something. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Just I, I thought a bit of a bit of leadership from Leno's point of view would have would have gone a long way, and especially giving confidence to your centre backs. Yeah. You know, that would have helped. But yeah, as, as as said before, you know, leadership seems to be a, a quality that's really lacking. No, it's interesting in terms of um, you say that. I just think Leno must have been enjoying that that wine or Sutton car. He was he was just stationary, bro. <laughs> He was stationary. He was stationary, bro. When someone's blipsing you like that, as a as a, as a keeper, you're not just you're not just standing there and, hold, and holding two wines, bro. Move in it, like you're getting the person off your toes, and you're trying to make sure that you you get something on the ball, or you're actually making it difficult for the second phase to happen. But it just looked like Arsenal again. It summed it up. Physicality was lacking, and you know leadership, as as Peter said just now. And it just it was terrible, man. Just, uh, I guess it summed up the game that kind of second goal to concede, where Brentford were just on on the up. Anything they you know put in towards the box was was troubling the centre backs at some stage, and they just couldn't have they couldn't find an out, man. Also, also, where's the where's the where's the centre back? You know, it's, it's your centre back that should be protecting your goalkeeper. Yeah, definitely getting the man goalkeeper's feet. Know. No, stop. what we're not going to do is Brand bear, is bear <laughs> Ben White for that second goal. That's one thing I'm not I'm not hearing. Like, you keep talking Bro, about Ben White for that? the second goal. Bro, Pablo Mari is standing right there. Bro, yeah, Pablo Mari engaged in the aerial draw. The, it bounced over his head and it, and Ben White didn't attack the ball. All I know is Arsenal have, have, loaned, have loaned the centre-back to Marseille, I think. Well, we know where how I feel he? about that already, so let's no, no, wait, wait, bro. All I know, he would have won, he would have Saliba would have won that header, bro. I see a clip of him the other day, 
aggressive in it. He's won two headers back to back. Ben White, you don't have that. You don't want to win the ball like that. And that's what you want. If you're paying 50 mil for a centre back, bro, that's that's what you want. We paid 80 mil for a centre back, and that's meant to be his strength. And anytime you don't do it, the lights are on him. Everyone's talking about Maguire. Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't True. do that. Bro, True. Ben White's 50 mil. Bro, you got to at least attempt to win the header, bro. He didn't do nothing. As I said, Pablo Mari, the ball went over his head. He's engaged in a duel and it's bounced and he's he just looked over his head, bro. Surely that, that performance overall from Arsenal, though, is due. I, I, just, I don't know if anyone remembers, but Arsenal got a corner 20 seconds into the game and they took the corner and passed it back and it ended up back at the halfway line. And I just thought, and then they conceded their second goal from a long throw. And I think, it's 20 seconds into the game. Put the ball into the box. Put in a mixer. You never know. You could you could nick a goal. I just think Arsenal just... It's sad. You know, I don't even want to banner Arsenal no more. That's how bad it's got. As a United fan, you love bantering Arsenal because they're always bantering you. But you just look at Ben White, 50 million. The guy can't even duel. He can't win a duel. And I just think... And Ashley Barnes. I, I tell you what, if I was Arsenal manager tomorrow, I'd buy Ashley Barnes. He's 28, 29... He's got a bit about him. He ain't going to go down without a fight. Would you want to go... If there's if World War Three kicked off, would you want any of them Arsenal players next to you? Would you... Tell me an Arsenal player. Tell me one Arsenal player. If World War Three kicked off tomorrow, tell me one Arsenal player you want with you. Tell me one. You wouldn't want Partey because he's always... Kal- anyway. Kalasinac. Kalasinac. <laughs> Kalasinac. Yeah, Dean. D- 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 uh, you, like. you can have that one. You can have that one. All going to do you fisted up my man in Brighton, isn't it? <laughs> oh, naive man. Uh, let's let's go back to the gameplay in terms of um, Brentford then. And Bremo, uh, he really impressed me. I watched him in a preseason game, but he doesn't stop running, man. He gives you a lot as well. I would understand like where okay, he's a championship player. He's running, he's running, but there's no end product. But he had a lot to offer in the first half. There was countless times where he got in in behind Arsenal's backline, and he was driving, committing bodies, dropping the shoulder, getting a shot off. Maybe he didn't come too much off, but he was causing the defenders so much problems throughout the game. What's your take on that, Shaq, in Bromo? Who's that? Is, is that the centre mid? Uh, no, the forward. No, the little French, forward French forward. He plays wide or up front. Yes, uh, last oh, the, Friday. With the, with the little fade and that. Uh, yeah, uh, brown skin brother. Yeah, fade, yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, he was active because I realised they got a, I don't want to say it's a half press, but it's like they got they got a certain trigger. It looks like they've been coached, and they have like a certain trigger of when to press. Mm. And he's he's definitely a key part in that, along with Tony up front. And yeah, Tony and Embremo, they gave the sent. Yeah, they run them ragged. They weren't as an Arsenal fan. He would. It's not nice to see. And as a football fan, whenever you see your centre backs get run ragged, it's never nice. You always got to give credit to the forwards. And Embremo, he was always he was a constant threat. He put he put Ben White in the spin cycle as well. On the floor, so not just aerial jewels there, Sean. On the yes, floor, he got, I know, he got done I saw up. Okay, okay, okay. Fifty mil, all in. But yeah, so yeah, he 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 done well. He done well. He looks like he'd be one of them. I think Watford have a few of them with Ken Semmer, and I think the last strike was just going to be like kind of for defenders. They'll be annoying because they won't probably won't give them a moment to settle on the ball and go in the other way. They have a decent shot, a decent final pass in them that will probably create a decent amount of chances for them or their team. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I good, mean... Good first game, man. And it, and to be honest, the whole Brentford team are probably riding on a little wave as well. They probably won't play like this every week. Do you know what I mean? Because 
this was like their first game in what 74 years against Arsenal, first game in the big in this, do you know what I'm saying? So mm. but obviously you gotta use as a club and players, you gotta use all all, all your advantages, do you know what I mean? And yeah, you paid off for them I, on Friday. I think I I would I would say I, I I think they will play like that though against against every team. So they play I don't know how much you watched the Carabao Cup last season, but they played against West Brom, Fulham, Newcastle, and Spurs, mm. all Premier League teams, and they played the exact same way. So I think, I think again, you know, it might be another another one of those like Leeds type teams where they're very stubborn in the way they play, um, and it might be that you know once they get found out, they really get found out, and maybe they have a kind of Norwich esque season from two years ago where they have a really good start to the season, their tactics get found out and they don't have any adaptability and then they, they kind of kind of decline. But I think, yeah, I think in terms of the press, they, I think they were really good. They were really clever about the way the way that they basically press and they cut a man at the same time. So like the way the angles that they're pressing on, they basically cut out a pass to the next guy using the direction that they're pressing from. I think that's that was really good. It basically cut out so many options for Arsenal. Um, I wonder, I do wonder how much of that, although I think as, as, as you alluded to, was the amount of time they've had to prepare for this game. So, you know, they've had, you know, three, four weeks pre-season. None of them would have gone to international tournaments. Uh, and then, you know, they've been able to prepare for Arsenal. And Arsenal's tactics were very similar to the end of last season, you know, where they kind of went to a back three Tierney pushes up so the right back tucks in and they have a, a three at the back to put, play the ball around. Um, yeah, I do wonder how how well they'll be able to replicate those kind of tactics for every week, get week on week. No, it's interesting in terms of you say they had a, a while to prepare, you know. Uh, Brentford had one or two on international like Norgard and stuff, but you, you are right in terms of um, they had, you know, a, a while to prepare. Brentford, no, I think, they- again, had just a game plan. It felt like a game plan where we're going to play to our strengths and we're not going to sit back and let Arsenal play to their strengths. And that's, that's kind of home football, isn't it? When you're at home, the crowd's behind you. You're just going to go for it. The same with Burnley. When they're at home, they're going to give it everything. The same with Norwich, etc. They're going to give it everything. Of course, they, they held a 3-0 to, to Liverpool, but that's a different kind of calibre. But I know, Sean, you wanted to say something just now. I don't know what it was. No, I was just going to say, like you're saying Brentford had a lot of time to play. So did Arsenal. Arsenal had like one player at the Euros. Awkward. That's all. This yeah. was this was gonna say like I hear that, but Arsenal have offered nothing, bro. Like, yeah. If Arsenal play a bit better, they probably can get something out of the game. They could probably change, turn the tide of set, but they offered nothing. Whether it's from their manager or the players that was on the pitch, other than Smith Rowe, they had and nothing Tierney. about them. And to be honest, is Tierney played all right. Mm. Played all right. Mm. But up, obviously they missed Aubameyang and Lacazette, but. Low key, they probably could have played on the same scoreline. Could happen, do you know what I'm saying? So, mm. it's that, it's, I'm looking at the manager, bro, because there's no, right, as you say, time to prepare. I think how the commentators were talking, I've never seen Brentford really play, but they do this long throw thing. How, like, you know, that do you know what I'm saying? You don't have to, that first game of the season, you should have some sort of plans to counter, 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 um. Whatever count or whatever they're whatever they're gonna do, but they didn't look like they set up for it at all. So it's like you've come and you failed to prepare, basically. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And you know that they got a little press on or whatever the case may be, and all of these things. And I don't know, but Arsenal just seemed like they didn't have nothing. Made a couple of chances, but 
this is Arsenal against Brentford. That's what you expect, bro. If West Ham play Brentford, whoever Brentford's playing next week, if it's not a promoted team, I think they're playing Crystal Palace. Right? Maybe not them, but any decent team, West Ham, your Leicesters, your Leeds, I'm going to expect a couple chances. Do you know what I'm saying? But I yeah. think it's not like, not, not, not at one point during the game did I think, yeah, Arsenal, uh, they might they might, they might, might grab one. Do you know what I'm saying? Through through build-ups, through sustained sustain attacks and all that. I just, it was just like, yeah, we'll go, we'll go forward. We'll try it this way. Pepe's doing his normal Pepe Le Pew shit. Balogun, he's a young guy since first. He was getting no service. It was just ESR, ESR to the world. That's that's all it was. And a little bit of help from Tierney. But from back to front, as you've already talked about, Leno, yeah, there was, there was no leadership from there, bro. From the back, all the way up the, all the, way up the spine. Granite Jack, I don't know. He's surfing to a new contract and that. He's, I don't know. It's, it's all a mess over there, bro. Now, it's interesting because, I mean, Tierney had a, you know, a fighting kind of game. But he can't do it on his own, as you were saying, in terms of ESR as well. Can't do it on his own. There was just no plan B, right? In terms of what any, what any whatever Brentford threw at them, they had an answer to some extent, but not the whole game. There was bits where Brentford gained more courage, more momentum. Canos had a good game. For me, um, I saw even their midfield, such as Norgard, like bombing on. Um, on Yeka, who I'm, I gave a shout out to last week, he's going to be a player to watch. Storming game in the midfield, and That's the mid, isn't it? Yeah, and again, I'll be saying we keep saying Arsenal couldn't really match that in certain parts of the field. Um, I, I could say Lukonda looked okay in patches, but that's when Arsenal had the ball and was moving it left to right, so I can't really judge um, on that aspect because um, there wasn't a lot of you know penetrative passes um, to kind of kill off teams. Maybe because Brentford was so good at sitting in a low block at times and actually giving nothing away with their back five. Um, there was a lot of talk this morning about um, Aya having a really good game. He could play at the back. He could play in the midfield. Um, and there was also talk about, um, I can't I think it was, there was referring to Tony just having a, another good game. But again, there was talk last week, we mentioned, well, should I say I mentioned, where I think Brentford could do with another striker. But the way they're playing, and of course we spoke about Leeds maybe not playing as many games, it could help them in the long run with the kind of, you know, a mixture of youth slash experience in the in a you know championship level to kind of get them through and finish, you know, not in the top half, but maybe you know your twelfth to fifteenth kind of area. Um, I want to know if Peter agrees with that. Do you think Brentford can finish in that area if they continue to play similar kind of way? Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the sign. I think teams like Brentford, teams like Leeds, uh, for me, they almost, and I mean, even Burnley to some respect, they seem a little bit, you know, you need, they need to be very careful with who they buy because they've got obviously got a very good culture at the club. It all seems like quite tight knit and everyone's kind of subscribed to the philosophy of the team. Yeah. So you can't just kind of, you can't just sign anyone, you know, you have to sign someone who's going to fit into that culture uh, like, like, you know, you, you look at Leeds and like, you know, whoever you sign, you have to expect them to work hard. You can't just sign in some guy who's going to, who's going to like trot around, you know, Mesut Ozil, you know, that kind of player would never, would never fit in at Leeds. You can't just, it just doesn't fit the culture. Um, so I think, yeah, if Brentford did sign someone, um, yeah, it'd have to really fit their culture in quite well. Uh, I mean, it's hard to judge just from one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to see them finish in, in the, in the top 10. Uh, I mean, yeah, even I'd love to see them not go straight back down, you know, because the, the likelihood just in terms of the disparity in uh, in money between 
championship and Premier League teams, you know, the actual the likelihood is that they go straight back down. So even if they're able to survive this season, I think that would, that would be huge. And I'd, yeah, I'd love- yeah, man. I mean, it compliments them a lot in terms of um, how they play. I think what I enjoy about watching Brentford is they they're positive in everything they do, and Frank doesn't mind them, you know, trying things. And it has to be obviously a certain pattern to play in terms of creating opportunities. Against Valencia, I saw it. Against Arsenal, there was a clear identity in how they wanted to play at times. They didn't mind playing out from the back when it was suited. They didn't mind clipping it up to the top. It just depends who they were playing. And obviously, it was Arsenal. And they, they played to their strengths in terms of going longer at times, getting in behind when, you know, one or two passes, knocking it long. Um, and I think that's, that's where they'll pick up a lot more points against the Norwiches. Maybe nick points off Wolves. Even though Wolves had a good game this week. Um, under their new manager but those kind of teams they're looking to take points off and then if they get anything off the big sides that's a bonus really um, but let's talk about who played well who didn't play well then uh, Sean let's start off with you who impressed you from both sides who didn't impress you from both sides oh um, my thought yeah Smith had a good game for Arsenal and Tierney had a good game for Arsenal um, for Brentford I would say I was most impressed Canos impressed me to be fair Canos, Canos impressed me especially mm. as he wasn't really in the team until last year. I mean, he kind of, kind of had a spell where he kind of fell away at Brentford, and since they switched to the five at the back, he looks, he looks more comfortable in, in the team. So I thought, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he was really good actually. What do you think? Uh, the opposite side of the game, then who who had a, a poor? I mean, if you don't mention your centre back, there's a, there's an issue. Well, <laughs> if you just wait, <laughs> I was gonna get to it, brother. Right. Is that okay? Now, yeah. and also, now the goalkeeper, the centre backs. They, they had a tough they had a tough day no, no one was really 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 exceptional for Arsenal apart from Smith Rowe but the three the, the two centre-backs and the goalkeeper looked looked terrible they're dead terrible evenings I can't I can't cap who's your starting pairing Ben White and Gabriel when he's fit or yeah well that would be my starting pairing I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Pablo Mari and I'm not the biggest fan of Rob Holden so yeah fair where, uh, where is Gabriel by the way uh, he's injured. He has a he had a knee injury. Should be back after the international break. So we're gonna have to watch Lukaku and and City bad us up before we can get him back. Mm. Tough two games to go into, man. Tough two games. Nice. What's your thoughts before I move into Peter? <laughs> What's your thoughts about the two games? Ahead? I mean, <laughs> after watching that performance, it's, it's pretty hard to have any kind of optimism about the next game. But we're at home. We've got the crowd there, so I'm just hoping that can kind of push us through to maybe a point. But if you ask me right now, honestly, I think we're going to be going into the fourth game with no points. Does Laka and Abba come back from illness? Well, it's, well, I mean, even that situation is a bit weird. I mean, how are they already doubtful for the next game if they was only ruled out with illness on Friday? Do you know what I mean? The whole situation at Arsenal is just a bit it's funny. Deep. It's the whole situation, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit funny. funny. I think Lacazette was the bigger miss than Aubameyang. I don't think Aubameyang was that big of a miss, if I'm being... Mm. I think Lacazette was more of the, the miss with his link-up and that, but... Who knows? Who knows? It's just vibes. Let me say for vibes. <laughs> just vibes, yeah. Okay. Right, Peter, who did you think played well for both sides? So, I think I, I did want to say that uh, Tierney, I thought Tierney played very well. Like he, had, I think I, I saw the stats. He had like thirteen touches in the opposition box, which was the most for I think any player over the weekend. Which, yeah, I think just shows you how much he was able to bomb on. I think, as others said, you know, the missing Lacazette and Aubameyang, because if Aubameyang, if Aubameyang was uh, playing out on the wide left, 
you have Tierney bombing on that allows him to come central and then you have two targets in him and Lacazette in the middle to aim for no, unfortunately he didn't have anyone don't do that don't, don't I mean, like unfortunately he didn't have no no but like Cook you <laughs> He didn't have anyone anyone on the ends of the crosses. I thought Tierney were putting in some good crosses. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe Arsenal fans will, will, will disagree with that. But, I, I mean, I thought Tierney looked very promising. Maybe you want to watch from a fantasy football point of view. Um, although I don't think Arsenal are going to be keeping clean sheets anytime soon. Uh, and then, yeah, also, Emil Smith-Rowe was, was the only... Uh, for me, Emil Smith-Rowe and Tierney were the only two players that looked like they wanted it. In terms of players that didn't impress... Uh, it has it has to be Leno for me. Like, yeah, just getting bullied at that second goal. Like I said earlier, the way he was getting bullied, and you know, the, the way the amount that goalkeepers are protected in the Premier League, especially, you know, how he did not just, you know, charge through the man in front of him uh, to get the ball really surprised me. And then yeah, getting beaten by a long throw. Like, you know, shout out to Rory Delap, winding back the years, Brentford. Heritage. Mm. Well, heritage, man. Facts. It's heritage. Fuck off. <laughs> Facts. I mean, when you got your CB coming across and taking it, and Ethan Pinnock, you know, there's, there's yeah, shout there's, out the yard, man. I mean, and I had it on here. My notes in terms of it summed up Arsenal's game when Ethan Pinnock drove out the drove out from his box and henched locks. That was your game done. Seventy first minute, Ethan Pinnock driving out from the center of that area, henching your center mid, and he just yeah he collapsed on the floor. It, it was kind of one of those games where. If you wanted to sum up the game in one snapshot, it was probably that. Ethan Pinnett driving out and henching your, your CM. And uh, it was a bit of, it's pretty much a shame. But, you know, we can't dwell too much on that because it's game week one, as we keep saying. There is game week two and so on to 38. So over a season, you would hope they pick up more points. And I definitely hope Brentford pick up more points because I, I like London teams um, in, the, in the league, especially how they've come up there. Had heartbreak the season before. Um, and then they've obviously made amends with that where I felt like Fulham probably shouldn't have come up last year. They probably wasn't as equipped as probably Brentford was. But looking back at it, maybe Brentford needed an extra season to toughen up and make sure those mistakes are not happening. And you can see that almost all the parts of their games was perfect against Arsenal. Almost all. Um, So their home form will be very pivotal, I think, to their season this year. If they can get, I don't know, 10 or so wins out of 19 at home, that would be excellent, I think. Um, and you get some wins on the road. You're looking at that 40-point zone being there. I think it's probably going to be 45 this year, probably not even 40, because of how much teams will pick up points. Uh, and everyone will probably nick a point off everyone in a, in a weird way. Um, so it's looking exciting for Brentford this year. Um, and just to wrap it up, I think, in terms of Brentford Arsenal, Tony, as we mentioned, good game in Buemo, Canos, Norgard, Amieka. There was quite a few people in there that had good games. Um don't really want to dwell on the bad side of it because we already know who didn't. I will. Can I? Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. I'm not going to be like my Arsenal um, co-host and say the centre-backs. I'm going to name a centre-back. And for me, it was a 50 million Ben White. That was a poor performance. As I said before, he got put in a spliff from Tony. And that second goal, I didn't like how he didn't attack the ball. And man will say, yeah, he's good on the ball, whatever. That's the bare minimum. Like, he's not amazing. Like, he's a, he's a, not going to say generational and do too much, but he's not 
absolutely crazy with the ball. He's yeah, he's he's competent enough with it. But right now, the standard, the majority of teams in the top six, they all have good centre backs that are good on the ball. Do you know what I mean? You look at Leicester, Tottenham. Look for all of them. All got good enough centre backs on the ball. So I don't want to say it's overstated, but he needs to get better. Not get better, but he needs to improve maybe technically to be probably considered good on the ball in today's ball, if that makes sense. Mm. And yeah, man, I didn't like... For me, back to what Peter said about Hoiberg and that, having a bad first game, it's kind of different. Not kind of different, but see when you get ragdolled like that, that sets the precedent for how it is. For how, like Teams will target that. And I said, I've seen it. Like Lindelof had a poor first game against Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United. Not Sheffield Wednesday, fucking else. Uh, Huddersfield. And he never looks competent. Like he always got targeted physically. And that might happen with Ben White. He might try to do, try to be smarter in how he defends them, defends his jewels and that. But yeah, how he how he got handled, it might be long for it might be long this season. I don't know how Gabriel is uh uh we call it aggressively aggressive in, in his jewels and that, but you might have to be a case where he he um he carries the load and Ben White kind of covers it and sweeps up. But mm. yeah, yeah, as you said, Lukaku next week. Yeah. He might, yeah, if Lukaku's smart, he'll just target him. He might he likes to drift off to the right, so that might be the left centre back. So you might get lucky in that, but, but yeah. Hey no, lucky that. Did you not see Pablo Mavi's speed this weekend, blood? No, I'm saying Ben White might be lucky. That oh, okay, 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 directly because okay, okay, yeah, okay. he might be on he might be on Mary's side, but yeah, and then you got City. Luckily, they don't really play a striker, so he might get lucky in that. But you know, City's pattern already. So it's long for man. That's what it sounded like. Uh, <laughs> you don't, bro, it's, bro, you you know, bro. When when a man's getting ragged, it's not it's not good. Mm. And as I said, like that can be a little all right, cool. You, you know already from the gate, boom. Man can hit it long into his channel, that right centre back channel, and boom. If you got a striker that's up for it, you know you know what it is, man. You seen Drogba against Sigan and then man, then Drogba against Senderos and that, but you know what it is, man. Can we get on to City, please? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's let's move on to Tottenham City. I mean, that was the last game of the, of the Sunday night football. Um, a cracking weekend it was, but. Um, Tottenham triumphant, man. I mean, it, it, it might have surprised a lot of people, or it might not have. I d- I'm not going to say it wouldn't surprise Tottenham fans. But again, the murmurs on the socials and things like that were Tottenham could be in trouble because Harry Kane is not playing. That's what a lot of it was. Let's be honest. So I, I want to start with not the Tottenham fan, because I know he's got a lot more to say. I want to start with Shaq, because again, from the outside looking in, JG's gone across for 100 M's. You know, I mentioned KDB not starting, but then, you know, Sean said, oh, he's not fit. He's just come back from injury. Fair play. Um, but in one of those kind of, you know, big season openers, do you not start your your main man and then bring him off after 50, 60 minutes? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking if my best player is near enough, fit enough to make the bench, he needs to play. That's how I am. I don't know. Sean, I hear that. He came, he came on 70 minutes. He, yeah. he looked better for about five, 10 minutes at a stretch mm. when he came on. But 
this is the things. You don't want to get too carried away the first game of the season. Bro, like, if City going to win the league, no one's going to remember this. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, And even for us, like, if we don't win the league or we have a terrible season, no one's going to remember, yeah, we beat Leeds 5-1. Do you know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to ease these people in. And as I said, like, it's not like he had a, it was no international tournament. This is uh, talking about De Bruyne, no international tournament. He got injured in pre-season or whatever. Uh, he had an injury, then he probably missed a lot of pre-season. He probably came back pretty late. And for City, they didn't have, what, Kyle Walker didn't start. Um, I think a couple other guys. But, yeah, this, sometimes you just want to ease them in, you know what I mean? And I, I get what you're saying, obviously, yeah, you want to play your, your, your best guy straight away, but Obviously, I didn't. I don't think Pep planned to lose the match, but fitness-wise, he's probably just easing him in, and he'll probably start next week. And man, won't even care about this game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fair analysis on that in terms of the, the starting squad. Um, Sean, what was your kind of take on City's first 15-20 minutes and Tottenham's fifteen twenty minutes? Who had the better start? No, City definitely had the better start. Do you know what I mean, I think. After after the first fifteen, in my head, I was thinking this could be this could be three, this could be three or four, one of them kind of games. But yeah. then they decided to suddenly just slow slow the game down for 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 what reason I don't really know. They seemed to slow it down to a pace which made it really comfortable for Tottenham, allowed Tottenham to grow into the game. And then once once they kind of like wrestled, once the momentum shifted to Tottenham, Man City never really fully got it back. They, they were just kind of stuck in this zone of playing really sideways passes, really slow passes. And they just allowed Tottenham to build and get confidence into the game, to be honest. Mm. Is there signs, Peter, in terms of Tottenham's game yesterday that is, you know, promising for the future moving forward? Is there signs in how you lot played that is promising moving forward? Yeah, the fact the fact that we were able to hold the uh, hold the lead. I think we were second highest last season for dropping points from Leeds. So we dropped 23 points. From uh, once we were in the lead, yeah. it was just just behind Brighton, there was a team that did the highest. So you know the fact that we actually closed the game out was was really good to see. Um, but yeah, I mean for me, I think for me that was the uh, that was the best bit. And then also just being able to like just the fact that we we actually sustained our attack as well. So the fact that when we played. When, when we were 1-0 up uh, and City were increasing the pressure, I think last season what we might have done is kind of, you know, bat down the hatches and try and contain the lead and try and contain City as much as possible. Mm. But actually, we, we kept the game quite stretched towards the end where, you know, we, we still were looking for, for chances on the counter. And so it did mean, you know, I mean, you look at how the game ended. It was us breaking down their right wing, you know, so we were still looking for that. And it, it just meant that we weren't just inviting pressure onto ourselves for the last 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, he was guilty of that a lot last season. If you think about 23 points, that's three, that's seven wins, sorry, and two draws. So it's a lot of points that you, you drop in games, probably like nine games. And that's a lot over a course of a season, isn't it? Um, and in terms of that Nuno vibe, it, it shows, of course, as you said, being able to hold the lead that he's come in and bought his, you know, he's probably looked at it and said, defensively, we need to shore up a bit, when we're, especially when we're getting leads and we're making things happen. Because he's probably thought, the front line, it's not a bad thing. It's just the other side of the game. Defensively, where they're conceding too many easy goals um, from maybe, I don't know, um, counter-attacks, set pieces, what, things like that. So he's come back and showed up, hasn't it? Yeah. Which is strange for you guys because you have some some big centre-backs and, you know, some physically present 
centre mids as well. So set pieces is interesting that you can see a lot of goals from that um, that statistic anyway. Um, but what are you happy with the most in terms of the whole gameplay? Where was the most of the time where you saw, okay, we controlled it in minute 45, minute 46? Where do you think you controlled it most? Uh, for me, for me, it was man of the match, Yafit Tanganga. Guy had 101 million pounds in his pocket, a Jack, a Jack Grealish and an extra sterling. So, played so well. Obviously, academy player, like, loved, loved to see him doing well. And yeah, he's just so good at right back. There was one point where he was spraying balls from right back to left wing. You know, he completely grew in confidence throughout the game. Had the right level of physicality for a right back because I think, because I think I, I quite like Aurier. He's technically, he's quite a good player, you know, like he, he's quite good, but he's just so mistake prone. You just know he's going to do something wrong. Whereas I think Jaffet, on the other hand, was so good in that he was so physical with Sterling and Grealish. And then just at the right time, he kind of came off like kind of eased up a little bit on them, didn't concede a yellow card, didn't give away any stupid fouls. Mm. Um, yeah, so watching watching him absolutely boss those two was, yeah, was great to see. And it was just just the way he bullied them. It was that physicality again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my highlight highlight of the game was Jack Grealish having a go at, at, at Lucas for buying a foul. I thought the richness, the richness of that was uh, the irony of that was not, was not lost on me. Jack Grealish having to go at someone for buying a foul when he actually fouled him as well. No, it's interesting. Again, um, no, he was he was that soldier boy to drink. He copied my whole flow. <laughs> bar for bar, you feel me? That's nah. what I mean, there's a lot of you know memes going around of Jack Grealish. Actually, you know, them ones. This is Jack Grealish, hundred mil, but this is actually Jack Grealish, and it shows a picture of like a um, what's his name from um, Peaky Blinders. Um, things, things, brother, just like you know, drunk and mash up in the gutter. Um, yeah. and it just shows that yeah, he's showing his true, his real colors. But it's one game. It's game week one. He's not gonna have always a world beater game, and he's in a new side. So there was things where he was trying, and he put his hand up, and I was like, at Aston Villa, he wouldn't even put his hand up. He'd be like, yo, this is me. I'm doing my thing. If it don't come off, no one's going to moan anyway. But he's in a new environment. And it, and some parts of the game I saw where Jack would have tried something because he's playing in a Villa shirt. And it may have come off because the team's known, oh, I'm going to give him this space, one-on-one ISO. And there's other times where now he's playing in a blue shirt of City, he's got a share. It's got to be pass, lend, pass, lend the ball. It's a lot more tiki-taka. So he's not going to always pop up in these areas that maybe he did for Villa or strive down the left because it's a different type of football and fo- uh, this type of football and style. So it's interesting. I think, let me bring Sean on on that. Did you see that kind of element that I'm referring to in terms of Jack maybe apologising a bit more in a City shirt? Because obviously maybe he he knows Pep would have said, you need to flash that across the edge of the box instead of having a shot, for example. Yeah, I, I saw signs of it, but at the same time, I still saw a lot of what I saw at Villa. I thought he was kind of given a lot of freedom to do a lot of similar things. Mm. That he did at Villa. I don't think he had. I don't think um like the reason he didn't have his best game was because he was at City and he was like confined into doing certain things. I thought once the game slowed down, he just struggled to, he just struggled to find a, enough space to really do what he wanted to do. When the mm. first fifteen minutes, when they played at a tempo, him and Sterling, they, it looked a problem down that left side. When it slowed down and Tottenham were able to get a lot of people around the ball, do you know what I mean he just ended up going sideways and then he started to come a bit too deep for the ball at times, but. It was signs that he was still going to be able to do what he did at Villa. I, I remember he um, 
early in the game, he broke through and got into the box and just got fouled just outside. That was a flash of Jack Grealish at Villa. So I think it'll be give and take. I think he'll just have to pick his moments mm. a bit more wisely when he gets to do the stuff. Fair, Fair sort of Villa. It, it, it looks like the, the plan moving forward will be them two is two eights and one DM. In a lot of, or KDB playing a lot more deeper in future games. Is that, is that what it looks like to you? Yeah, it, it looks like two eights to me. And I think once the Bruyne gets, because the right side didn't really offer nothing. Do you know what I mean? Once, once Tottenham were able to shut down the left side, the right side wasn't really given much. So once the Bruyne is back in, I think we'll see, it'll look a, it'll look a lot more dangerous. Mm. I mean, in terms of um, your viewpoint, Shaq, um, what did Tottenham do really well that City couldn't really, you know, comprehend? Yeah, I think what Sean said is right. That when City played at, at a high pace, it was difficult for them. But once they slowed it down, and uh, yeah, as Sean said, that for no apparent reason, and I think it was mainly from the back line. I don't know if it was because they missed Walker and Stones. I know Walker is pretty progressive, like, a lot with his passing and obviously with his runs and Stones is obviously better than Ake so I don't know if it was down to them to not being there but yeah from the back from especially uh, Mendy was really quite sloppy and just slow pace from them so I think as you, as Sean said it allowed them to get Tottenham to get bodies around the ball I think Hoiberg played quite well it was interesting to see how Nuno set up the team and he had um, Skip yeah. as deepest of the three. He played like, like he played, a, what do you call it, Ali, Ali to the left and uh, Hoiberg on the right. And Hoiberg was very good in, he's similar to, nah, no, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I know who he's going to say though, but is it in what very, his task is, is it what his task is to do? He's very, he's very good. Do you know what? He's very good in win, winning the ball back. And obviously, yeah. Activating the high press mm. and you know, and giving the midfield to see guys, uh, what do you call it, a difficult time and not, not, not a lot of time in the ball. And, and we, talk, we talked about range of passing, right? What was what do you think about Oliver Skip's range of passing? Uh, it was pretty decent. I don't, I didn't see anything, maybe I'm can't remember in it, but I didn't see anything that was stand out for me, but. It was, it was a decent performance, you know what I mean? Mm. It was nothing. I didn't see... I think the only time he probably looked overrun, not even overrun, but in a bit of trouble was that little greenest run, and that was very early on. Other than that, he didn't really have any problems. But, yeah, passing-wise, passing he, looked, he, looked, he looked decent. He looked competent, you know what I mean? He looks, yeah. he looks like he's... He do not look like this level's too, too much for him, you know what Fair. I mean? Fair. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats here in terms of thinking about the bigger question, is this how you play against City? I mean, overall, City 66% possession, ball possession, and um, Tottenham 34. Uh, if you look at the total shots, you've got 18 from City, 13 from Tottenham. Uh, shots on target was only three from Tottenham. Shots on target was only four from City. And then if you go down to like big chances, City had three, and then he had three misses, and Tottenham had one big chance and one big miss. But the other side of that is the counter-attacks. Tottenham had three counter-attacks and then had three counter-attack shots, whereas City had zero counter-attacks and zero counter-attack shots. So is this the way you play against City moving forward? How Tottenham yeah. play? That's what I was... I'm glad you mentioned that counter-attacking thing because what I was thinking was... Um, remember when Pep came and 
it was like I think it was their first is second season when they won 100 points, but Liverpool yeah. beat them. Yeah, and it was like them times you're thinking, right, oh, you can't beat them, they're crazy. And then Liverpool beat them, and it's like, okay, this is how you do it. But obviously, Liverpool, obviously, they do counter attack, but at that time, with their whole Gagan press, it's high intensity all over the gaff. And mm. then when you watch Liverpool, those Liverpool City games, because I think they played Champions League as well, right? And Liverpool won. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, that the high intensity City can't deal with it. But obviously, they won the league and whatever, what have you. But I think this whole counter attacking thing, I think we exposed it. I think not last season, the season before that at the Etihad. Mm. I think we beat them and we just killed them on the counter. I think Lingard played well, Rashford played well. Yep, I think yep. Montreal as well. And we sat back, whereas Liverpool, they don't, they never sat back kind of thing. But this whole sitting back, waiting for them, let them, let them pass it in front of you. But then when you win it back, you got to attack with authority. I think mm. that's, that's kind of the, the kind of blueprint, especially now the City, they don't win the ball back as quick from midfield. So I think that whole the next thing, isn't it? It's they haven't got the same sort of legs. Yeah, win it back as as quickly anyway. Because mm. maybe he's tweaked it a touch because of that. Because um, mm. you know, he likes to play Kyle Walker and, and Jao Cancelo like in in field when in possession, mm. not out on the flank. So it kind of turns into an overload in the midfield, like a box. Yeah. Um, and in terms of Kyle Walker not starting, um, for example, uh, I'm not sure if there was a big tweak. I didn't see much, but Cancelo had a good game. But it just it reminds me of the fact that because they overcommit bodies when they're trying to you know set up phases of play in the, the um, opposition half, it does leave them open to maybe a three v two counter or a two v two, but a really work two v two. Because there's one where Bergwijn, I think Peter will remember this. Bergwijn runs through, um, and I think who did he play in? It might have been for the uh, leading up to the Son goal. He drove through the middle, Bergwijn, and then he played a pass out to someone. I don't think anything came of it, but it was just a kind of reminiscent of that. If you play with pace, as you're saying, Shaq, you can expose them in certain areas. Um, and, and you know, Nathaniel Ake had a decent game, but he's not really a starter when John Stones come back in, is he? He's not ahead of Laporte. And quickly, credit to Nuno as well. Like, he made Tottenham look like they were hard to beat. It wasn't easy for City to get through them. You know mm. what I mean? He didn't have a lot of clear-cut chances. And obviously, that's his little blueprint he's had from Wolves. Wolves are always... Uh, a hard to beat team, yep. and they were always not clinical, but you'd always have to mind be mindful of their of their counter attack. Mm. You know what I'm with their with their with their Traore and Jota and Neto and that, you know what I mean. So obviously with Tottenham, he's probably got a bit these uh, better crop of players, so it might work out for him to play like that. Maybe not against the smaller sides, but definitely, obviously Tottenham will probably be outsiders for the majority of like the bigger games, mm. so they can get like a little system to play like that against some of the teams, probably against Liverpool, because Liverpool have a play a high um a high defensive line and their midfield they played what? KR Pippin who played Ox Ox and Milner the other day. Yuck. Yeah. Maybe Fabinho helps a little bit, but they you could probably do the same thing with them kind of. But yeah, if we if we yeah the decent way of playing I want to I want to bring in Peter in terms of um, looking at the outfit of the squad. Does he keep that back too, or does Romero play? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 an interesting one because Sanchez and Dyer looked at the end of last season were, were an absolute shambles. I mean, we had Ryan Mason who's managing, 
uh, and you had Mourinho before that, and it, it just felt like there didn't seem to be any defensive plan. In, in isolation, at the back, looked decent against Toby Alderweireld, but that's because he's top class, top class centre back. Um, but I mean, against Man City, they both looked pretty solid. There was no mistakes. Uh, positioning seemed to be fairly decent. So I, I don't know if it would be as easy for Romero just to just to walk in. But again, like you know, I think is he? I think he's on a loan with an option to an obligation to buy at the end of the season. So nice alone. It's alone. Oh, I, yeah. I thought that was only for the keeper. They had the option to loan. I thought maybe fair enough. Yeah, they, they switched up at the end. Didn't they? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I had both. I heard we got him for like forty-five million. Then I heard yeah. we got him for a loan, and then the option to buy at the end. But to be, to be honest, like I mean, loan for an option to buy at the end, you know, it does. You know, it's. I think it's. It works better in terms of, you know, will that player work in the Premier League? You know, it gives us a bit of a flexibility that way. But yeah, I, in terms of uh, immediately dropping Dyer or Sanchez, I don't think he'll do it immediately. Because mm. um, I think I think Sanchez, there's a quality player in there. He's just had a few. He's he's not had like a real run in the side. You know, he was dropped and then he was used sometimes by Jose, and then he had a few like blunders. But then he also plays alongside Aurier on the right-hand side quite a lot. So, you know, he's he's normally covering him quite a bit. So I don't think yeah, I don't think he'll immediately drop um, either of them. But I mean, Romero Romero did come on at the end as we went to a back three. Uh, I think he replaced one of the midfielders, uh, and yeah, we didn't didn't look too bad. Obviously, yeah, debut at the Tottenham Stadium always good to get them out in front of the fans and whatnot. Um, so what I think yeah, just that- just into. You're saying Dyer's like, yeah, but... starting quality? Well, I mean, no, I, I, I know what you're getting at. Like Dyer has 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 had some horrendous patches, but at the start at the start of at the start of last year, I think there was like the first ten games or so, he actually looked pretty decent. When you know when Tottenham Tottenham were top of the league, we were winning games. Um, you know, we were playing that counter-attacking football. Um, Dyer looked pretty solid for a, a few good ten games. Uh, he wasn't going into the fans. He wasn't going to the stands to beat up fans. Like it was all, it was all gravy. Huh. But yeah, he, had, he has had some dodgy moments. I think the thing is, is like he's one of those players. It's like you know when you have a good centre midfielder, like you don't you don't hear about him when he has a good game, you know. And that's what you want. You you don't want to hear any headlines about Dyer. You don't hear anything about him because he's just playing well. He's in the background and he's keeping it ticking. Um, but yeah, he had, yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely he's had some shockers. Uh, but I think that's that's exactly why we brought in a, a proper quality centre back, so then he can step in. Um, I would I would like to see Sanchez play a lot more because he's he's not as bad as people think he is. Uh, uh, he's still very young as well. I think is he maybe less. He's I think he's less than twenty five still because we brought him pretty young from Ajax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not um, too old. Yeah, mid he's mid twenties. Bonafide scrub. <laughs> So you're not having them in your squad, Shaq? Nah, both of them. I don't think they're good enough, man. Like, this is the thing, like, all these players, they're good to some extent, but you've got to be consistently good. Like, most of these players, bruv, number 17, he'll be good one game out of 38. Like, Matic will be good one game out of 38. Like, Pepe will be good one. Like, they'll have good games, but you need to be consistent. Do you know what I'm saying? Hmm. And these guys, 
they played in the league for a number of years and they have never been consistently good. And for me, bona fide scrub. Do I mean, for, I, think, I mean, fair, fair to say. It's, I think it's, it's, it's difficult though because like, as it, especially with the way Tottenham manage their finances, you, we can't just go drop uh, another 50. Like, you know, look at Man City. Their, their squad was the most expensive first 11 fielded ever. £900 million in their starting 11, over a billion, including their 18-man squad. Like, ridiculous numbers. Like, Tottenham just can't do that. The way our, the way our finances are managed, um, you know, it's, it's for sustained, you know, not for someone playing football manager with cheat codes. So of course, but we're not going to sit here and yeah. say, "All right, that just because we can't sign anyone, the players that are there that are they're decent." Like no, like if they're not good, they're not good. Does I'm not saying right, you got to spend on splash or whatever. But Romero, he needs he's coming in and taking one of their jerseys straight away, and it's not, oh, it's not, not a question. That's what happens because it was it was sound like uh, it might be a bit difficult for him to get now. Nah, he's straight in the team. As far as I'm concerned, because these these guys, they're not good enough. Simple. What do you think about the midfield? I think um, I think it'll be interesting to. Oh, the midfield. I mean, the midfield. I I mean, just on the centre backs. I think it'll be interesting to see the pairings because, like, like I said, like last season and the season before, like you pair yeah. someone with Sanchez, um, sorry, with Alderweireld, and they look good. And it might be the same with Romero. Like you might pair Sanchez with Romero, and he actually they complement each other. So. I think yeah, I think yeah, Nuno Santos as as a as a bit a tie to see who fits and who works. So who, who um, are you having in terms who, in terms who are you having out of and Sanchez? I I honestly I prefer Sanchez just because he's got the recovery pace. Mm. Um, he he's lacked a little bit of experience and a little bit of know how sometimes, but I think that just comes with maturity, especially with centre backs. It just comes with that experience. Um, but he's good physical. Uh, he's not terrible on the ball. Like Dyer, for me, sometimes was, at the end of last season, Dyer was just like panicking on the ball. It's like, bro, you're you're Premier League at Tottenham. Like, why are you booting the ball out for no reason? You know, you're panicking. England, England international, by the way. England international. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, crazy. Oh, it really pissed me off. Like, he's, he, he's one, like I don't know, like, what was that? I saw, I saw little shades of that yesterday. I see he tried the Dyer's. Uh, to I think Tanganga and man was nowhere near it. Like, uh, trying to show off that build. Yeah. yeah, that's you. Nah, leave, leave the diags to Toby. Toby had the seventy yard ping on him every time, and whenever someone else tries it, just yeah, take a back seat. You're not, you can't do it. Like Toby, Toby has it on a different level. Uh, I will we'll miss that, but yeah, you, you have to, you have to progress. Um, in ter- in terms of the midfield. I, I really liked um, Lucas Moura. I don't know if you want to categorise that as midfield or forward, but M- Lucas Moura playing in and around, driving through, driving through the midfield was so good. Like dribbling with the ball at his feet, like reminds you like Prime Kaka. The way he, he just moves so fast with the ball at his feet, he just slides past people like they're not there. Um, some of his some of his end products were not so great. Like I would have liked to have seen him play a few better passes, but. I ho- hoping that that's like a feature because he he comes with so much energy, especially in the press. He just seems to just go go go. Um, in terms of Hoiberg and Skip, I think Hoiberg. I think as as mentioned before, Skip was playing the slightly deeper role. So seeing Hoiberg basically has the same 
level of positioning as he does in the Danish national team, where he has that kind of ability to go forward and drive with the ball, which I think ever since we've lost Moussa Dembele is something we've lacked. And mm. I think it's still promising that we've still got, we've got um, Undombele to come back as well, who for me is the best player at Tottenham. Uh, technically to the him. best player at Tottenham. Let's talk about what's going on with him. Sean? I... Me? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a few reports and it's looking like he's, he's, he, he, he don't want to be there no more. Where, what happened? Did he come back overweight or something? Hey man, Where already happened? causing up a storm over there. How's he, not, how's he not in the team though? He wasn't even on the bench. Nah, nah. That was surprising. He's, to me, but yeah, he's having a he, bit of he, he He has just had a kid though. So I think I think some of the, I I I think there's definitely there's definitely a level of maybe like lack of fitness, but I think that's also in part to the to the previous season because, you know, Mourinho probably lacked on his fitness. Like Mourinho used to play him a lot for like 60, 70 minutes and would never play him for the full ninety. And then Ryan Mason pretty much dropped him for the last eight games, which was ludicrous. But then obviously he was playing his doppelganger in Harry Winks. Uh, instead of Undombele, which for me, yeah, again, was ludicrous. We might as well just, you know, give away management positions to, like, random fans every week. But I think, yeah, he just has, he does, did just have a kid. So, I, yeah, I think season? that's part of it. He's had, who's first season? Third, third, third season. Oh, third remember. season. Yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, yeah, because mm. he played, he played, he came in under Poch, didn't he? Mm. Uh, I mean, to be honest, like, he he was he was good last season though. He he showed what he's about last season. Like he's obviously quality. Um, mm. I mean I mean maybe his fitness is just not up to standard for for Nuno because I think Nuno has has a bit more of a a regime. I think some of the cr- criticisms that came out of Mourinho's season was that you know there wasn't really ever a plan for the players, Ugh. which you know I, I you could see it you know when they're when they're. When you know when we're struggling to hold out games and there's no real game plan and we're relying a lot on on the counter attack in football and breaking with Kane and Son. Listen, me and uh, so maybe Kool maybe Nuno. Nuno... Ball, we know all about that Mugabe ball, bro. Trust me, oh, all about that shit. It just sounded like a couple of interviews from Nuno were a bit um, uh, interesting in terms of the words he used, like. Um... Is uh, M Dombele's not on the side? Uh, you're talking about he's like, yeah, when he when he's um, he said he's basically said he's not in the right space at the moment, um, to come back was, and train with the group. Yeah. And I was like, when he said yeah. that, I was like, that's interesting. I mean, I didn't know about the having a kid, um, but the way he put it across to the media was negative. It wasn't a, oh, hmm. he's just had a kid. He when he's you know spending some time with his family, he'll be back. Because normally when footballers have children, they kind of just go to the birth, maybe out for a couple of days, and then come back. And everything's cushy again, kind of thing. But the way he pitched it, to me, my interpretation was there's more to it, and that's where I guess Shaq is coming out with the. It seemed like he's not happy to play there anymore. Um, he wants to go. Yeah, interesting to me. But like, I think there's also a lot of things you don't know. You know, maybe maybe the birth didn't go as smoothly as possible, and he needed more time with yeah, his course, wife, yeah, yeah. or you know, they might have. You know, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, that we don't know. And then, you know, you know, the tabloids love to play up a bit of speculation. Mm. I think also the um, the reason for his not inclusion in the Man City was officially listed as overload, which to me re- thinks uh, that looks like from a training point of view, like he's just been overtrained. 
So that to me speaks about fitness. So either he's been put on a program where he does like more intense training sessions to get him into a place where he can be included in the squad. Um, but he did also miss all the preseason matches or yeah, a number yeah. of them because of the birth of his child. So, mm. you know, he maybe is not sharp enough for match fitness. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I honestly, as a fan, and I think I speak for most Tottenham fans, I like, I hope he, I hope he's back, and I hope he's a fixture of the of the team because he is, he is different class. Fair. That's fair, man. I mean, Sean, your take on the game and, and your kind of who stood out for you then? Um, who stood out? Uh, well, I think it'd have to be Tanganga, to be fair. I wasn't, I was to be oh, fair, the whole Tanganga, Tottenham back, to be fair, the, oh, whole, the whole Tottenham back line. Because when the, when the, when the squad got announced, it looked just looking at the defense, which I mean, I wasn't too, I wasn't too confident in it, but. Obviously, the system helped them and Man City kind of played a part to them, but they did their jobs. Everything they was asked to do, they did, they did, they did well in it. So I have no. I mean, I would say the whole back four stood out to me. And um the worst performance, I don't know if anyone agrees, but I thought Fernandinho just really looked off it. Like I think he really should like he looked like he was starting to show his age. Mm. Like I got to have like he just he seemed after Tottenham had like the first two counterattacks, he didn't want to seem to like keep running back. Like he was a big part while they were slowing it down as well. I felt like he was a big part of why they were slowing it down. So that might be time to look into. It might just be week one and, I mean, two season was tough. Fernandinho. Oh, oh. Yeah, he's an old man now, isn't it? This is why I say Rodri needs to come into the fold if they're going to play, you know. Uh, yeah, but he's not going to he's not going to give you more legs than Fernandinho, though. I mean, but well, he, he probably could cheat a bit, right? With the terms of like, Kyle Walker's pace and Cancelo and, and stuff like that, he could probably cheat a little bit at times. I, I don't know. I just think the advantage Rodri gives you is maybe ball progression and ball security. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're talking athletically on the pitch, I'm not saying Rodri's making a difference because I think Rodri's probably not as physical and energetic as Fernandinho. Mm. Person, I don't know. Do you think Gundogan plays that position with him next to De Bruyne, and then when they're in possession, De Bruyne moves up, plays next to Jack? How does that work? Do you think just moving forward, if they're looking to play one DM, then if Fernandinho doesn't play every game every season, every game of this season, sorry. I think I think Pep likes Fernandinho or Rodri there. I just think I think mm. you're more likely to see Grealish come out the side or and or De Bruyne come out the side once in a while for Gundogan than mm. to see. Would you or Fernandinho not in the team? But Fernandinho just looked off the pace. Maybe it was just the first game, but he just didn't look himself. Mm, fair. I mean, what's your thoughts on Nathaniel Ake? Can he push on or does he just, you know, come scrub. in and out of the side? Bonafide scrub. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a bonafide scrub, but I don't think he's starting level for a top team. I think he's riding the bench like he rode it last year, if I'm being honest. Fair. I mean, that's fair. I mean, he's got Laporte still to come back, Stones to come back. Laporte was there, though. That's why I was a bit confused. Like, I know he played the semi-finals, but... Do you reckon it was just the left-foot-right-foot foot combination, just because? I think I think because Laporte wants to leave. Or? Yeah, I think it's because Laporte wants to leave. Like, I know Pep was talking about two or three players on the leave, and I think mm-hmm. Laporte is one of them that's, that wants to leave. He wants to have be it, a starter, doesn't have, he? I mean, have him at the carpet? Well, after seeing Pablo Mario, of course, snatch him up at the carpet. No, no questions asked. But... I reckon he goes back to Spain, you know, um, especially with the, you know, other teams looking at potentially getting rid of like Sevilla, for example. Uh, I don't see him going to Atletico Madrid, but you know that kind of side, Sevilla pushing into the top four, um, whoever needs that kind of stability, maybe homesick a bit, or just you know what, I'm not starting here. I'll go start somewhere else. 
you know, and it could be somewhere far fetched. I'm not even thinking about. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting in terms of that. And moving into like some people that want to go, the Harry Kane saga. It's still dragging. It's still going on. What's your thoughts, Peter, on the Harry Kane saga? Uh, I mean, I think I think it's been poorly managed by his side. Obviously, his brother, his brother is his agent, right? And I, I think they've. Uh, I think they've tried to be clever about it. You know, they had the whole Gary Neville documentary um, before the end of last season. Um, and that, that's obviously unsettled things towards the end of our, our season last year. He's then had the Euros and he wants his time to focus on it. And then he's come back. He's in Florida. He's actually isolating. Like, it's all this conflicting stuff. And I think they've all just kind of forgotten that he's still contracted to us for three years. So, you know, I think from our point of view, as a, as a Tottenham fan, from our point of view, you know, if they if someone comes in and pays 150 million for him, great. But if the bid is less than that, then you know we're not we're not negotiating. Uh, and I I I can honestly, from the way the things have panned out, and at, at points he's backtracked a little bit. You know, he's released a statement saying, you know, I haven't refused to train. I, I was actually isolating. It's actually all still part of the plan. I, I think, you know. Uh, come the end of the transfer window, you know, he's just going to get his head down. He's going to play. I mean, because at the same time, you know, the clock's ticking. The, the season has already started. So I don't think we're going to let him go for anything less than 160 million now because we still need to then find a replacement for him. So, you know, the, the closer it gets to the end of the transfer deadline window, the more it's going to cost someone to take them off his hands. Because from our point of view, if they can't match what we want, he's still contracted to us. And yeah. if, he, if he doesn't want to turn up to training, fuck him in the under-23s and, you know, kiss your Premier League top goal scorer medal goodbye. You know, you're not getting that. Oh, you could go right in the 23s while uh, human son gets satisfied. No, 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 no. It's the way he's treating the club. Like, if, he, mm-hmm. if he's not going to turn up to training or he's not going to commit, like, you know, I, I think uh, Michael Richards made the comment about Pogba, like, Pogba might want to leave Man United, but he's not. He's not not turning up to training. He's he's playing games. He's training. He's working hard. And, but Harry Kane on the other hand is being called a model professional. But you know, I, 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 there's obviously that been like conflicting reports. You know, it, it's it's hard to know because the club also hasn't said anything about it. A lot of it has come from insider knowledge. So you know, you always have to take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But from my point of view, if he's gonna, if he's going to refuse to train. And then we he doesn't get Man if Man City don't come in for him for 160 million, you know, and they, they try to go lower, then I think we we've got all the cards on the table. He, he do you reckon he hands in a transfer request? He didn't he, he no, handed that in last year, bro? No, nah, but verbally, according to him, no, nah, it's all this, yeah, had a gentleman's this. agreement with Levy, innit? <laughs> I can't. I can't do his voice because he's got that mad tongue thing. But yeah, yeah let's not do that. Let's. Yeah, you're. <laughs> yeah. Set, you'll be getting yeah, a the... You're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Man, man, I'm new. For, li- for little co- correctness out the window. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even going there with you, man. What is he doing this time? Stop it. You get me, bro. So I ain't doing it. Ah, I say that. I say that. I say that. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. It's human. It's human. Man said I can't even do it. So I don't know why you better try to reach for it. But go on. Now, but in all seriousness, though, if, you know, the gentleman's agreement that you talked about, if he 
comes out and says, okay, breaking news, Sky Sports, Harry Kane has handed a transfer request. What does Levy do next? Does he say, okay, fine, I accept it, but you still need to put up 150? Is that no, what kind of goes with? Yeah, but that, that's exactly it. Like, there, there might be this gentleman's agreement or whatever, you know, and I think the gentleman's agreement, from my, my understanding, is that if the, right, if, the, if the right amount of money comes in for you, we'll let you go. It's the same with Christian Eriksen. You know, if we get the right amount of money that people are asking for, we'll let you go. But until then, you're a Tottenham player and you, you need to turn up to work and do your job. Yeah, so, I mean, if, yeah, like you said, if someone, if someone comes in, yeah, if someone, like the thing is as well, the guy's got three years left. So if he wants to ruin his career uh, and, and mope around on the bench and refuse to train, then fine, you know, we'll, we'll watch him do that. Um, but if he's a hard man to, be, to please as well, isn't he? So. <laughs> yeah, but I think at the same time, you've got to remember one, one, he's English. So he's always got a premium because he fills a homegrown player spot. Yep. Two, we're selling him to a rival. And I know what people are going to say, oh, you're, you're not Man City's rivals because you're not spending a billion pounds a year and you're not challenging for the title. But you know, if we sell Kane to Man City, like that's basically selling six points a season because if Kane goes to Man City, the Premier League is just going to, like Man City is just basically going to be a cheat code. And then, and then three, like who's going to, who's going to score us and assist us 20 plus goals a season and set up 20 plus goals a season? Like, I, I like yeah, 160 million. Like that should be considered an absolute bargain. Yeah. Considering like yeah, considering Grealish was 100 million, Kane's got to be at least one and a half to two times that. That's a fair point. I mean, Sean, um, does the young dread Delhi Ali bring that 10 goals, 10 assists to Tottenham and Son through the middle, or do they have to go out and buy someone if they get the 150? Man said Caterpillar. Hey, they would no, nah, they would they would have to buy someone. Delhi Ali, he's not. He's never gonna be that guy he was a couple of seasons ago. Like people need to just accept that that's not him no more. Like he can be a decent player on some games, but he's not that guy. They would probably need another striker. Um, who's gonna get that amount of goals? Probably no one in world football. So you just have to try. You probably have to get two players if you're being very honest. Mm. You probably have to get two in to to try and and people would have to chip in a bit more because you're not replacing. What, what did he have last year? What twenty goals and fourteen assists? You're not. With one player, you're not going to replace that, especially when you're not in the Champions League. But don't you think Valovic from Florentina could do that? Youngster, Serbian, seems to be decent. There's talks about him being in their radar or there's someone else. They now turn their attention to Patrick Bamford. It's all speculation, but who fits the bill? Man said Bamford. Yeah, well, basically... that was this morning. On, on... <laughs> yeah, I well, saw I that think... too. No, I did see that well, too. I think Sean is saying, like, when he said, I don't even know what I think, but like, with the two players, it's almost like a striker and a goal and a winger kind of yeah, thing. Or a striker exactly what I'm thinking. or a 10. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. two players that are gonna fill up those what what's that 34 contributions. Mm. However it happens, whether it's assist, the number 10 or the winger creating the assist and the striker getting his look, do you know what I'm saying? But it has to be split up with two players because especially what two weeks left to go, you ain't gonna get no one that's gonna yeah, yeah. Kane's boots, like. I mean, if if Tottenham are gonna sell Kane, like if they are, if they are still waiting on a number, I think they've left it a, a very long time, a very mm-hmm. long. Like for me, I don't see him leaving because you're not gonna get the quality of player to replace him. Even the two players you buy, like they're probably not gonna be the player that's gonna be able to put up those numbers. You're not in the Champions League. You're, in, you're not even in the Europa League. You're in the Conference League. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, 
and there's two weeks left to go. Like clubs are not just selling their best players with two mm. weeks left to go. I always think you've got to buy no. someone that's not in that kind of European competition that doesn't mind aspiring to play in that because they're not already in that. So something comes to mind like a Valencia, uh, Maxi Gomez. He might be interested just because it's Premier League and it's a, a European competition I haven't played in for a couple mm. of years, for example. Or your, your um, Italian team, like a Florentina, like I said. Um, Valovic is on offer, potentially. He might want to play, come to the European um, leagues and, and play that conference kind of level. It, it seems to me like they're going to play a, a bit more of, uh, is it Dane Scarlett? It seems he's going to get a bit more of an active role. But as you say, they've left it a bit too late to kind of sign someone of mad quality. So I mean, probably goes the other it's, way it's, in his case. Yeah, it's not it's not really us though as well, right? Because you know, like we've already we've already we've already signed we've already signed the keeper. We've already we've already basically got an obligation to buy at the end of the season or an option to buy at the end of the season for for a defender. Mm-hmm. We brought in the uh, that winger Brian Gill. So like I think from our point of view, from our squad's point of view, if Kane does stay, then I think we've got a good enough squad. We've got enough attackers, wingers. We've got Son, Lucas, Kane. You know enough people that could play in that centre forward position, um, but yeah, I think I don't think it's on us really. It's really if, if someone wants to buy him, they've got to come in. And and like I said, yeah, and, and as Sean made the point, like the the transfer window is closing. And from our point of view, the the sooner it gets to the transfer window closing, you know, our valuation of Kane is just going to go up and up and up and up and up because they're leaving it so late for us to then go and find out another player as well. Yeah, so it's, it's totally. Uh, nailed on the head there gents our time is running down anything else to add on this week's games any honourable shout outs from other games that you've seen um, <laughs> shout out to Watford I guess and shout out um, to Everton actually let me shout out Everton because I was I was on them I was mm, on them mm, and I was on them about the signings and even mm, though I don't think they're going to have a great season still for one game Andrews Townsend did his thing Demai Gray looked okay mm, and they won a game so I, I'm gonna give Everton some love. I'm gonna give Everton some love. There's a clear plan on yeah, Rafa's side, bro. Dunked on you, you man's manager, yeah. Hey, DCL is gonna get twenty <laughs> goals this year, bro. That's on you. you see this man with his wild Aye, takes. Bro. DCL is gonna get twenty. <laughs> he's gonna bag. Tw- he's already got one. He's gonna bag twenty this season. Easy. Oh, he had he had like man ten in December last year and ended with sixteen. Oh my god, bro. To add add four more to that because of the service. Come on. Easy. Oh my god, let's not Alice Andrews Townsend is a world beater though. Like, yeah, he Bro. had one good game, but oh he doesn't god. even need to beat Mendo. This is to half a yard whip it in. Half a yard whip it in. That's it. It's done. They'll beat a lot of sides like that. Man, I give them love for the first week. They played well the other day still. I guarantee Decore has a good season as well, just because he's but because he scored that one goal. No, but in general, he'll he'll excel his game. That was a good thought. Just because of Rafa, he'll excel his game a little bit more. I'm not saying oh. Carlo didn't bring that out of him, but he'll go a little bit more oh. forward. Damn. The Corey best get used to um, his his half of the pitch, bro. That's what that's what Everton are soon going to be on, both five at the back and his half of the pitch, bro. Uh, bad, oh, yeah, bad. quick shout out to Dean Smith. Man's playing Ashley Young as left winger. Like, say it's 0809 again. Bro, trust <laughs> me. I saw the lineup when I was sickle. back too. Like, you don't make <laughs> the odds. Fucking mad guy. What, bro, what's he doing? <laughs> man said he's playing Ashley Young as left wing in 2021. Oh, man. Fucking bozo. The nah, <laughs> man, the man, the man, the man did it last minute because you know it was at the Brentford game. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't really focused on that thing. He just thought Watford. Uh... He's uh, easy, that, man. That's yeah. hilarious. 
it's gonna be some good games next week. But people, Peter, love for coming through. Love for Jordan for coming through as well, man. Co-host, the co-host Sean Shack. It's always been good. Game week one, football from the bleachers, <laughs> season two. Let's see what we else we got to have for the next thirty-seven games, man. Till then, we out. Peace. Steady. This guys. Let me tell you things about my life Let me tell you things about my life No checking on phones, no new uploads Before I hit the roads The liquor room